You've tuned in to another episode of the Adeptus Terror Podcast, hosted by Sam, Matt and Neil. Put your feet up and enjoy. Enjoy. Hi. Uh, you'll notice that I did the intro this week instead of Matt, uh, or this month, sorry, instead of Matt, because uh, Corona happened. And, I died. And Matt is dead. Uh, no, that, that's probably an insensitive joke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> welcome is... to episode 68, everybody. <laughs> yes, so, welcome. So, so we're recording slightly different to how we normally would want to. Uh, so you might notice that I'm actually slightly echoey because uh, I'm sat in my uh, living room dining area. Uh, Neil has no furniture ever in it. Sounds like this because Neil was sitting. Who's Neil? Who's Neil? But Neil is here, Neil? which is more important. That you you missed out the very key bit of the intro where we go, "Hi, I'm Sam, oh. and I'm Matt, and I'm Neil." Okay, yeah, welcome. Uh, hi, <laughs> I'm Sam. I'm Neil. And I'm Matt. And this has been the Adeptus Terror Podcast. No, no, no. Have a good Thank one. you for listening. It's very <laughs> similar. It's very similar, but slightly different. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. Isn't it? Uh, hi. Uh, welcome to the new podcast, Star Wars Legion of Three. Star Wars I'm your host, Neil. Look, do not bring this joke up, because it, it could happen. Da, 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 and everyone's da, thinking da, crazy da, things right now in a world da, top tier movie. So as you notice, on, uh, on other news, Mandalorian is phenomenal. I haven't it seen it because Disney caught me out, and I did the <laughs> I did the seven day free trial, and they didn't put all of Mandalorian on. It's okay. It, I have, it I will be ways. once in another week or two. It will be finished, and then it must episode be episode six. Up, up to episode yeah. six now, or you're up two to weeks. episode so two weeks, and then because there's only eight episodes, right? Anyway, all of this episode is completely seven. unusable. Oh, so. so good. Uh, so, as you notice, we all may sound a bit different, uh, mainly because, like I said, Corona's happened, and actually we're all recording at our houses, other than Matt, who is so dedicated to his work <laughs> that he has decided to go to work and not escape oh, his children. I, I, I live here now. He lives with my children. <laughs> <laughs> he lives at the skate park now. Um, um, so, yeah. as, as we've said a number of times, uh, sound quality is really important to us, so... This is a big step in in a, a direction which we may have to continue doing if this continues on. Um, but hopefully we'll be back to our normal recording level of, of, of in the roomness that we 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 uh, yeah. have achieved. Um, so currently I'm looking at my computer, which has a tiny view window of Neil sitting in his uh, messy office and Matt sitting in what looks like a prison cell with his shaved head. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I shaved my hair. <laughs> Coronavirus does crazy things. I tell you, uh, just makes you want to like get rid of your hair, shave, make, get, rid, get, get rid of top. your children. Are um, you going to shave your? Are you going to shave your beard? No, I think I don't look like my dad a bit too much. <laughs> he's got he's got glasses like you, hasn't he? Or has he got thin? thin? Uh, no, like he's got like thinner frames and stuff. Thinner but frames. yeah, it'd just be too much. I quite like the beard as well. Been yeah. quite a few years now since I've been clean shaven. I think you should bick your head and keep your beard. Oh, no, I'm not ready for that. You're not ready yet. for the bick. No, maybe when I'm 40. I might have to do that soon. I would love to see I... you with a bick head, Nim. I think it'd be all right. We'll see. Right, anyway, let's get this <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. Show right, so, rolling. ladies and gentlemen, before we go into our news from Terra, we should share our next hangout date. So, technically, the next one will be this Sunday, 
Um, but the episode is coming out after that, as ever. <laughs> so the next next one is May the 31st, which will be hosted by Sam again. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yes. I, I will be returning to the skate park for this Sunday and uh, hosting our new time. Was it half seven to half ten now? Half seven, half ten. Um, slight tweak, just because we're all getting older. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I just want to point out, Sam suggested this new date, this new time. Um, it's the youngest of us that is getting too tired. Do you know what, though? My I was saying earlier in a, uh, a Facebook chat that we've got going, everything, I'm hitting mid to, well, I'm hitting late, thir- uh, late 20s now. And like I, I feel like my bones are crumbling. Uh, and so when I hit when I hit 30, I'm probably going to die. See, part of me can't wait to hit 40, just so I can just stop caring and pretending that I'm going to lose weight. Is this, is this weight. you caring? Is this you caring? Yeah, this is me caring, yes. That's, I, know it's, I know it's hard to believe, Sam, but yeah. Me not caring is a, is a scary sight. And you will see it in about seven years. Mm. I've got four years. Well, three and a half. You've got four years to your 40? Three and a half. Three and a half. It's a slippery slope. I uh, it only hit me the other day that I was in my late twenties when it was Kelly's birthday, and I was like, "It's all right. We, we're we're only mid. Oh, we're late twenties now. <laughs> twenty eight. I'm twenty nine this year. Slippery slope. Yeah, time. I I already had a child at that time. <laughs> yeah, only on you though. I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the fact that I can have a lay until ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe, with a, with a first one, that's not too bad. But it's the second one that kills the lands. I mean, I'd only ever had the, I'd only ever have a first one. I don't. Mm. It was a mistake. Jenny tricked me. <laughs> she, <laughs> she used her alluring body to trick you in. <laughs> less, less of my wife's alluring body, please. Hey, it's fine because <laughs> eventually she'll be my second wife. Uh, well, when <laughs> I die. <laughs> yeah. You, you inherit the children <laughs> as well. That's fine. By that point, they'll be old enough to actually be yeah, fine. True. Uh, they're, they're both really good actually it's just uh, i'm sure there's parents that are listening to this and have struggled during coronavirus and i definitely feel that um we'll probably that'll probably come out a little bit in terms of hobby stuff as we go through news from terror um but anyway before we get there 2020 v started our 2020 vision challenge um so i thought i'd do a bit of a shout out to the people who already completed for april cool there's yeah. obviously another you know 11 days to go um but uh adam haythorn uh, Ryan Fuller, Tom Tattersall, Patrick Polius, uh, the winner of our ZM challenge, last challenge, uh, Chris Collins, Paul David, Joe Stone, um, Matthew Fairley, James Gibb, and an interesting one, the Disciple of Zaphon. The oh. reason I say that is because it's an Instagram user um, who doesn't have his real name on his profile. So if you're him, okay, well done. Uh, yeah, you guys have all completed a unit and uh, done that. There may be others that I haven't quite caught yet. I haven't gone through the hashtag, uh, sat down and, and gone through it all. Uh, I'll do that at the end of the month. But those guys I've seen and I've verified. So yeah, we've got 11 already entered and 11 raffle tickets awesome. for the three awesome prizes. So thanks a lot, guys, for joining in. Um, the pack is available on our Facebook group and on our Facebook page. I think the link's even in our bio now on instagram right it is so i i found a, a really cool <laughs> found a really cool uh way of showing all of our urls at once rather than just like the favorite one uh yeah. so uh yeah go check to go check our instagram out it's at the adeptus terror podcast and we, we do should, post yeah. things occasionally we should definitely like change that to at tatpc yeah no stop adding the c and then stop it. Be... you're smiling at me because i can't hear you 
I'm Stomach. far away. Yeah. But yet so close. Still saving um, up until. But yes, uh, the challenge is running till the end of the year, till December. It's monthly. Um, if you miss a month, you can still jump on it. So it's not too late. Um, and it's a hobby challenge. All the information's in the pack. I won't go through it all now. Um, and But just a quick shout out and kind of a big up, I guess, for Matt from Wooden Spoon Wargaming and Chris from Exit 23 Games. They're kind of partnering us on this challenge and they're giving away two of the three prizes that we're offering at the end. Um, so they're, they're being amazing. Chris is even giving away vouchers every month for his favourite entry, um, which is great and phenomenal. So, yeah, go check them out. Wooden Spoon, uh, Wooden Spoon Wargaming on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can also get um, Chris on Exit 23 Games on Instagram and Facebook, I believe. Yeah. Um, he, the links are on the uh, challenge pack as well. So you can go find them there. Awesome. I, I feel like I good, did a good job there. That was good. <laughs> solid, that was fairly so, smooth. Solid reporting there, Matt. Yeah, I know, I know I'm ruining it now by pointing it out, but I felt <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> Who is um, have you looked through have you looked through all of the twenty twenty V submissions? Like you cut out. Have you have you looked through all of the twenty twenty V vision uh submissions? Uh not all of them yet. I've I've got those eleven that I've found so far, but I haven't deep dived. No. So when it gets to the last day of the month, I will um, do a massive dive and make sure I've not missed anyone. Any any that particularly stand out at the moment? Um, oh, lots of characters. Um, it was cool to see a couple of um, uh, squads as well, but a lot of them are characters to start off. We've had a Primarch already. Patrick yeah. did Alpharius. Or did he? Um, or did he? Exactly. Um, I guess one of them I, I really liked was uh, Paul David, who did the Titanicus Warhound. That's the first model we had for Titanicus. Um, and I thought that was really cool. He popped up and showed some of his other war band that he already had all painted up. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, the Warhound was just, it stood out because it's the only Titanicus thing I've seen. <laughs> cool. It was good paint job as well. That, that sounds awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just really cool because it's different to everything else. Cool. Well, it's it's going to continue running the challenge. Obviously, it runs until yes. the end of the year. Uh, so there is, if you haven't managed to achieve this month, maybe uh, Corona Blues have got you down, and those children just aren't leaving you alone enough to get some time painting, Matt. Um, then you should definitely keep enthusiastic and 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 submit next month. So just a reminder, because we've seen a few come this way, you need to do a uh, a single post with your on sprue or built or base coated models and then next to the completed models uh, so a, a picture at the end so a picture at the beginning and a picture at the end uh just yeah. to get that one uh entry it just means that we don't have to go back and check what people yeah, have signed up yes. for and what um, they, they've completed yeah they don't need to be painted in that exact month they just need to be in that new state from april the first so these could have been models that you've had for years just sitting built you know sprue gray um or whatever and you've gone cool now i'm going to paint them yeah. as long as you take that photo and then the painting they haven't gone past that stage before the challenge started if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah so they couldn't be halfway through before april and then you've gone oh, i'll just finish those as an entry it needs to be a brand new paint job from start to finish yeah. i feel like a joke opportunity was missed oh, yeah wow. with sprue gray <laughs> models i, I was no, thinking about no, neil's no. models it's been but... Yeah, yeah, it being in your room full of stuff. Um, yes, <laughs> there's probably plenty of sprue grey lying around. 
Probably still on the spruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, pick something up from in here and be like, uh, what's your closest? Yeah. What's your closest? That was your closest sprue gray model. Uh, that was the closest thing I I had to hand that I could actually go. Yeah, this is sprue gray. I only have painted models near me. Uh, I don't have any models near me. Well, there you go. You see, we're all different. But more models a bit later. Yes. yes. Well, we need to move on. So let's do news from Terra. We've been waffling long enough. Um, Sprue Corner. What have we built this month, gentlemen? Who yep. would like to jump in first? I nominate Neil. <laughs> I honestly can't say I've built anything to do with Warhammer 40k. What have you That's been cool. doing? What, what, what have you been working? I've been working on Star Wars Legion Stormtroopers. Ah. Hence the joke of the Legion of Three, which Indeed. is an old joke, actually. It's quite a deep cut. If you've been listening for a long time, you'll know that joke from way back. But yeah, we, we've toyed around in the past with playing Legion. Um, uh, it is literally called Star Wars Legion, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, and Neil has obviously bit the bullet and picked up some kits and he's now painting them to just lure us away. <laughs> yes. And you're also learning learning German at the same time, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yes. So, funny story. Uh, I got the Star Wars Legion um, original trilogy game from it's a box Amazon, set, right? It's like a starter it's a box set. set. So it's got it's got stormtroopers, it's got rebel troopers, it's got a couple of speeder bikes, uh, a, a rebel walker, um, Darth Vader, and Luke Skywalker from um, Empire Strikes Back. And yeah, I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's however much it was. Um, I had to reorder it because the first delivery failed. It got lost in the post. <laughs> um, so I reordered it and then I went and picked it up. I got it home, opened it. as it's like, ah. Now, I can understand some of the words on this, but my German isn't very good. What, what German <laughs> words do you know? Uh, Spieler to play. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Matt, do you know any German words? Nine, nine. Okay, so no. Good. Uh, C- I, congratulations. I know uh, orange and saft, which is oh, orange, orange juice. juice. Uh, Bibliotech. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, no, that's it. Ish How I, about oh, ish, uh, ish, Eine kind of Eine kind of Beine. <laughs> Excellent, well done. Which I think I, I don't know what that really means. It could be really rude, like so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's 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 stop with the German. Yes. Right. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, yeah. Building so I have some... the German version of Star Wars Legion. So yeah, you've been building some Star Wars Legion. Yes. How how are they? Because obviously it's very. I mean, my my limited. Uh, I don't do anything else apart from forty k and thirty k and 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 forty k kind of universe stuff. So. What is the the difference in like plastic quality? Was it resin or is it metal? Or um, it's plastic, but it's a softer plastic. Okay. Um, Which seems yeah, really weird hard, to me. Like when you say softer to plastic. Explain. Um, but for instance, when you're putting the stormtroopers together, and it'll also be the, I believe the rebel troopers. Yeah, the Rebel Troopers as well. Um, because their arms are moulded to the guns, you have to bend the shoulders out so you can fit them into Yeah, the... it's like shoulder socket connectors, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it's a little bit a little bit strange like that, but I mean it's obviously it's the plastic's soft enough so that you can do that on them. Yeah. Okay. 
Might be good. Um, Might be a good fit for me. It's like push to fit models, right? <laughs> effectively, effort. yeah. Yeah, I need to get some new. I need to get some new super glue because the super glue I got is a bit too uh, thick and hard to put into where you need to glue it. Ah, uh, okay. So I need to get some more liquidy super glue. But so yeah, liquid's the best way to go. That is. Um, that's my building. Okay. What about you, Sam? What have you built? I. Uh... What have I built? That's a very good question. I I uh, managed to rip five. Uh, they're not scouts, are they? What's the proper term for it? Recon marines. I managed to rip five recon marines from Matt's uh, fingers um, in an effort. I to... generously donated them to the cause. Thank you very much. Matt generously donated five recon marines to the cause of uh, Sam is now a penniless bum um, and needs to get a army together for the September event. <laughs> uh, so. I, I managed to get those. Um, Matt's, if you ever get any models from Matt, they come with like a, a like a, a pound of super glue holding them together. <laughs> so not in a dodgy way, not in a dodgy way, but yes, they don't break. So trying to, I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll get those Night Lord shoulder pads <laughs> off and I'll send them back to him. No way. <laughs> like, like, I knew I knew they were a lost cause. <laughs> so I try. So my my the limit of my building this month has has been uh, taking them off the bases that they were on um, because the bases don't match my scheme, and uh, taking the shoulder pads off, and then um, trying to pop the guns off of them so that I can spray them. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was okay. Yeah. They it, most of it came off. I think like a couple of fingers came off with the guns, but it's okay. When I glue them back on, they'll just go back in where they're meant to be. Yeah. It's just another it's contact like, point. Like, just do a tiny bit of battle damage over them and they disappear. Yeah, just missing fingers. No one will notice. I reckon you should, I reckon you should make green stuff fingers. I could do. I, I mean, I've got so much time in my hands. I could do green stuff fingers. Like, why not? I'll give it a go. Um, so that that's all I've really built this month. Um, I'm trying to think if I can pull out any other... Like, you've probably done a ton of painting there. Do you know what? No, not really. Really? No, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. A lot of the stuff I was thinking less. about today. A lot, a lot of the stuff I was thinking about today was painted last episode. Wow. Okay. So this month, like, oh, we'll get on time when we get painting. Go on, Matt. What have yeah, you done? Yeah. Uh, so I just had to repair some ultramarines because I brought my ultramarines at M Force back from the skate park and took them home, put them down, and forgot that my nine-month-old can now pull himself up and reach things. Brilliant. So uh, the lid of the black heresy box that you get characters in. Uh, was carrying 10 breaches. Those 10 breaches had a bit of a tumble from a shelf. Oh, and yeah, it was, uh, Joe what? Again, testament for gluing properly. Four came off bases. I lost three shields, which I just need to re-glue, and just one power sword broke. That's really good. That's not bad. Like, yeah, I, I, managed so to knock I was so a, happy. I managed to knock a, um, a Gene Stiller cult, cultist off of a, a one shelf down just one shelf and it shattered into a thousand little pieces. <laughs> um, so your your gluing is 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 although mockable is uh, very good. So can't really say too yeah, much. Yeah, I, I was so happy. So they sat just needed repairing and I just kind of got frustrated and did them for an hour. Just disappeared like oh I'm gonna go do a job, uh, Jenny. I'm just gonna go and. <laughs> And, and paint, re- paint a room back in the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just went and rebuilt those quickly and put them all in the display case once they dried um, to avoid all the frosting. Um, but yeah, the, I'm pretty happy. All, all my 
our hobby room is kind of sorted now, which is kind of nice. I still need to set up my painting desk, but everything else I can now get to it and I can get to my display cabinets, all my Tyranids back out. Um, and then I've got the Ultramarines in the other one. Now it's obviously quite bare at the moment because I haven't got that much of the Ultramarines. Uh, but yeah, I worked out I need two more cases, um, display cases. These are the Detolf IKEA ones. Yeah. Detolf. I think it's Tolf. LF at the end. The glass cabinets um, that every every re- yeah, everyone gamer wants. has. Yeah, I need four, so I've got two already. Um, then the other two, so I'll have my Night Lords and my Ultramarines in you know one each, and then I'll have my Imperium 40k force, and then I'll have my um, Tyranids in the fourth one. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the market for those now again. Um, but yeah, that's all I've done. Just repaired those ultramarines and put them in the display case. So I'm pretty happy about that. Painting, oh, Matt. So I've really struggled with painting, um, mainly because I think in a weird way, similarly to Neil, after like you know you've done a long shift and you come home, that motivation or inspiration isn't massively there to paint stuff, especially stuff you've had sitting around for a little while. Um, or it's just same old, same old, that same army of painting or whatever. Um, I've been having a similar thing since the coronavirus stuff broke out. Um, after, you know, getting up super early, you know, like half five, six with the kids, being with them all day, looking after them, doing homeschooling, obviously, you know, feeding them, all the normal stuff. Um, as well as I've kind of semi been working, I'm kind of a lot less than I would normally be, but keeping up to date on social media stuff and future bookings, uh, past bookings that were cancelled, bank rolling, all that kind of fun finance stuff. Um, So trying to fit that in. And then by the time the kids are in bed and you've got space to paint, I really haven't wanted to. Um, I've got stuck in, I was saying to Neil before we started recording, actually, I got stuck into just sitting on my phone, kind of catching up on stuff, but then just, looking through Instagram posts and although I've seen some cool models, it hasn't built to anything useful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so all I've done, all I managed was one of the sunny days that we were, we were blessed to have recently. Um, I uh, base coated a bunch of Night Lord stuff. So cool. basically I think the Sakaran, the bike squad, um, two drop pods, um, was there anything else? The Assault Squad. I might have already done those. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, kind of pretty much everything bar my converted Javelin land speeders because they need some green stuff work um, are now all base coated ready for airbrushing. Cool. Um, so I'm hoping this week to do a bunch of airbrushing to get all of them airbrushed so I can bring something down for the Hangout and actually be able to put some paint to models. And I'm hoping that's going to create some... Uh, hobby juices flowing and get quite excited again about doing some hobby. Awesome. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's all I've done really. Um, yeah. What about you guys? So you put paint to the Legion models, Neil? I did indeed. Painting white—that's great fun. <laughs> what, what's like what's difficult about it? Well, just it's like painting white. painting gold and yellow—they're mm. great as well. Um, it's it's the whole. Obviously, you can't paint white if you want to highlight it. So it's, I'm using a Duncan Rhodes method of um, the models were were sprayed a, a light, a very light grey. Uh, I did a zenithal highlight with some white ink and then 
proceeded to coat, completely coat each of the stormtroopers in uh, apothecary white contrast paint. Works really well, actually. Gives them a nice little sort of bluey grey tint. And then, yeah, pretty much covered most of it up with uh, Lutheran grey. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I tend to not use any white other than the final highlight, I think. I tend to kind of Dawnstone, Lutheran grey, then kind of almost he- edge highlight with Uthran, um, just to catch the bits that I've missed to just give it an extra kind of thicker coat on the lighter areas. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, fine fine bit of highlight with Vallejo model air, I think, white. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's how I tend to do my white. Um, it comes out all right. Come, I tend to do quite dirty models in terms of battle damage and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of hide some of the inequalities of yeah. your white in that. So I kind of get away with it. So I've got a couple of, um, actually gifted to me from um, Tanel. I've got a couple of inks. Uh, so I've got a really, oh, yeah. really light grey ink. Um, mm-hmm. And then a, a white that goes over the top of it. And it gives yeah. like a really crisp white. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I've, it's probably I've been the using titanium that. white. The uh, Liquitex. Is it Liquitex? Oh, it's, it's way Sh- over the, the bottle, other side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, yeah. So I've got yeah. the I've got that white and then the grey below it, and it it, yeah, it, yeah. it it gives a like a fantastic crisp white. Um, yeah. And then when you put it through an airbrush, that works. It, it comes out really well. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, working airbrushes are a wonderful thing. Working airbrushes. So yeah, white painting white, great fun. Mm. Sam, what so have you been painting? Let's start by talking about airbrushes. <laughs> so I I've had a real problem. For the last since since I did all of the work on um my uh not realm of battle wall of martyrs um since I did all the work on the wall of martyrs um I've had real issues with my airbrush just not spraying right like before when I first got it I was spraying at like maybe five ten psi kind of max like super smooth beautiful lines really really cool and then earlier like when I was doing some spraying before. I was hitting about fifty to sixty psi to make it, push it through. to make it come out. Uh, so it was it was. I've had some real issues with it, and and I did the whole like I sat there on uh, on my coffee table with cleaner, uh, a couple of of my lighter tools, so I didn't just get out like a ratchet, but near enough to kind of take my airbrush apart. Um, and what I actually managed to do is I've never been able to get the uh, regulator nozzle off of the off of the the head of the airbrush. So you know your airbrush oh, comes yes, off in two two pieces. So I've yeah. never actually been able to get that off. So I got a, pe- a couple of pairs of my multi tools that I've got. So like my Leatherman uh, and my Gerber, and I uh, put some leather strips between the uh, multi-tool and the piece of metal. So I didn't, because obviously it's both metal, so it'll probably break it if I did it bare metal, metal. Yeah. Um, and I managed to crack it and get get it cracked. And now it comes off super easy. Uh, it comes apart. Uh, I found there was like a layer of black gunk between um, between the two parts. So obviously that's what was blocking up. Because through that, those parts, there's a air holes that go from the body, uh, the main nozzle into the uh, regulator nozzle at the top. So I managed to then soak those two pieces and the cone, I don't know what the proper term for it is, the cone top, the, the bit that goes inside. 
Right, what bit? Well, I'm so lost. Hang on. Point, point <laughs> I've, got, there, I've got a, I've got a parts is, diagram. This is you and this is you and the Tyranid names. Like, I just don't understand what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> okay, so on your airbrush, right? Yes. On your airbrush, it, it breaks down. Um, so yes. the the on whether the needle goes through. Um, yep. You have a on the 105. The parts piece is called a head cap. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, if anyone interested, it's 51-071 is the part if you wanted to order it from um, from anyone. Uh, so you've got the head, you've got the, the the head cap, and then attached to the head cap is the spray regulator. Um, which when you when you upgrade the needle, when you upgrade the needle, it uh, you change that over to go to the difference like super small because it's got a little hole in it that the needle pokes through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, inside those pieces, you've got the the tip or the nozzle. Uh, so it's like that that yeah. triangular cone piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, one of those. Yeah. One of them. So what one I did them. was those three pieces: the the spray regulator, the head cap, and the tip. Um, yeah. I soaked for like two, three days in cleaner, uh, and incrementally, <laughs> yep. incrementally would bring them out using cotton buds and cl- more cleaner, just yeah. little concentric circles on it, little little circles. Um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I, I used an old needle that I've got uh, to literally just just keep poking through the holes, just slowly yeah. clearing them all out. Um, and I, I managed to get all back together and it felt amazing. And then about two minutes later, it just clogged back up again and it was just absolute crap. So I got to the point of being like, screw this airbrush, Malark. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> put it all put, I, I put it all away and then I was just painting the wall of martyrs by hand uh, on a, a couple of the hobby hangouts um, and then fast forward to, to today actually uh, I was like no the airbrush is not going to beat me I'm not going <laughs> to let it beat me I will be able to spray so again I, I, I rocked up after cleaning it out cleaning out the airbrush um, the nozzle the, the spray regulator and the head cap um, I was again spraying at like 40 to 50 psi uh, and I Whoa. sprayed, um, you know, the old the container boxes from the Kill Team sets? Yeah, the plastic GW containers. Yeah, they have yeah. like five layers of paint on where I keep flip-flopping between color schemes. Um, oh, okay. So originally I sprayed them just black and I was going to paint them gray. I think a few of them were purple for some reason. I went for a purple phase of everything being purple. And then I found an army painter red can in my garage the other day. And I was like, brilliant, the containers are red. So I sprayed them all red. And then I found a really cool color scheme um, on GW of gray with the center column on it being painted a color. And I was like, I'll just do that. That's brilliant. So then I started painting over the red hand, pan painting over the top. And I was like, this is what an airbrush is for. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay. So I managed to get all of the red covered in gray, shooting at like 40, 50 PSI to get it all covered, right? Um. And then I, I managed to send a, a video to Neil. Uh, I think it sent to Neil. I think it sent to Matt as well. Basically, I got two videos. Yeah. Yes. So basically, the first video was it looked like you know when you were in school and they get the you you dip a straw in paint and then just <laughs> through the straw and like <laughs> yeah, splutter for it like splutter art. You know, like kids art, right? If you don't do it, then do it with your kids because it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant thing. Um, and so that's what it looked like. It was just like large droplets of paint getting on these models. Yep. Um, so then I, I basically I managed to do five of the six containers and on the last container I was like I can't swear but it begins with F and rhymes with duck um, <laughs> and I 
decided that I'm going to sort it out once and for all this, this lovely paint uh, airbrush that I bought like two years ago. And it went in the bin. And it it got to the point where I was sitting there swearing away on my own. Um, And Kelly comes in and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, trying to clean this airbrush. And she was like, what's the problem with it? I was like, there's painting it somewhere and it's not working properly. And then she was like, can you just buy a new one? Like, and then it'll work. And I was like, I was like, oh, that would be so good. And I was like, then I was like, okay, actually you can buy new spray regulators. You can buy new needles and and you can replace parts. And, And what I did is I managed to, I basically put my airbrush together piece by piece, testing the airflow. Um, so I put the 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 the, the tip in, hold it in, because otherwise it'd be like a projectile and it'd kill someone. Um, sprayed through, absolutely fine, coming through. There's actually a hole at the bottom of Patriot 105 where air comes through and goes into the the, the tip and stuff. Okay. So I then put the head cap on, absolutely fine. All the holes that were there, I covered up holes using blue tack to to um, test that all the holes were working. And when I put the spray regulator on, it was the spray regulator that was causing the problems. It basically went from like full force, 50 PSI shooting through, like taking layers of skin off to nothing. Um, so I ended up sitting there with the, with the spray regulator cap, which is, which is about maybe half a centimeter wide with, I've got a little, little knife, like a really tiny knife and just scraping the inside of this spray regulator cap, dipping it in, in cleaner, scraping some more, using it, a Q-tip to clean more paint off. And it's amazing. It sprays brilliantly. Like I, I posted, I sent Matt and Neil the, the second video. It was, it was crazy. Yes. It was, it was so different. It's such a difference for just like 20 minutes. And, and since then, cause I always, I always took the mick out of Neil for the way that after he sprays one round of paint for his airbrush, he then takes the whole thing apart to clean it. And I get it now. I fully get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I literally, every time I've, every time I finished spraying a color and I was only doing six, six, um, containers, um, and every time I put a color through it, I cleaned it all out, spray. I've got some like, um, you know, the science bottles where they've got the directional nozzles on. Yep. Yeah. So I use those to spray into the cap, uh, into the, the the reservoir, the cup, or whatever it's called, uh, to clean the paint out. Uh, and then I use a, some tissue in and then I back uh, back blow into the, into the reservoir, get the paint out of there, put some cleaner through it, that kind of stuff. My airbrush now shines. It is, it is polished, <laughs> shiny. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, mine really isn't a problem but i think I, we were, I was talking to matt about it earlier today and it definitely is that that level of it's a piece of machinery at the end of the day and it all right yeah. it's it's just an airbrush it's got what like 17 parts i think on this diagram but it's all like springs and uh and, and parts that fit together and it's it, it's it is mechanical and you kind of have to look after it otherwise it's going to have these breakdowns it's just like your car okay. if you don't change the oil it's going to have these breakdowns right so I think I didn't really appreciate. I thought these would be. I thought it would be a bit more robust enough to um, to withstand dumb wittery like me. But it's <laughs> it's really not. You need to clean it a lot. Um, yeah. So I managed to. So I was spraying up some containers today. Um, so I, as I said, I, I had the army painter painted them red, and then basically decided that wasn't really for me. So I then painted them all grey again, um, and then uh, I then. Did some zenith, not zenithal highlighting, uh, some pre-shading, which then meant I basically sprayed them black again, um, and then white, in, <laughs> then whites in the middle of like the container. So if you imagine each each panel is like a cross, and then it's got little panels on either side. So I basically those ones I sprayed white, and then the recesses all black. And um, I really love pre-shading. I think it's amazing. Uh, yeah, and, and something you, I need to get into. If you do it right, like what I've done in the past, wrong 
is put too thick a layer of paint over the top, which basically mm-hmm. just undoes everything you've done because it's meant yeah. to be small layers to give you differential in, in light and contrast and paint and stuff. And um, so I managed to get some pre-shading on, which basically made all the grey null and void anyway. Um, and then I found, mysteriously, two pots of the GW Air Mephiston Red and uh, Evil Sun Gits or whatever it is, Evil, Evil Scarlet. Mm. I have two pots of that. Yeah, this is so you. Just oh, I bought that sometime. And and I because I was looking through my reds, and I've got red in um, like model air colors, but then not model air. It's their actual paint range rather than their airbrush paint. And I know I've got thinner and stuff, and I could have made it work, but I found these really good GW paints that are really thin for me. Um, So I use those. Put a bit of flow improver in to keep the 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 tip moist, so that you don't uh, don't get dry tip. and then I managed to do some really cool, with the pre-shading, some really cool colors came through, really thin layers, and then did some highlighting inside them. And then I'm uh, when uh, when I did the red, because what if you imagine the container is split into three parts, the middle part is, uh, is sprayed red, uh, and the two left and right, so a gray still, or the pre-shaded black and, and, blau- and black and white. And uh, I managed to get some layers using the inks and really thin, thin layers over the top of the, the black and white section still. So now it's a gray container with red banding around the inside. Um, and they came out amazingly. And I was going to do some more work on them. But I think for now, I'm just going to leave them. They're painted. I could do some like, I could go back and paint the skulls would make it look nice. And then there's some battle damage on it, I guess, if I, if I get bored. But at the moment, they're painted yeah. terrain. That's something you could do maybe leading up to the event next year when we want to use them. Yeah, in, yeah. indeed, indeed. Um, I also managed to spray those. Um, uh, I managed to spray the intercessors. It's not the right word. Oh. What are they call it? Not intercessors. They're not intercessors. Who are you talking about? That's Primaris Marines. No, no, no. The the the, the 30k scouts. The recons. Recons. <laughs> intercessors. <laughs> I managed to spray the recons. Um, the uh, base coat, I base coated those and then I got my red on those and then I re-sprayed all the cloaks and the backpacks um, black. Nice. Because um, oh. I didn't want to have to do them by hand, basically. So I, I made a little template yeah, yeah, yeah. using a, a, an old train ticket and sprayed the backpacks and the cloaks and it was brilliant. I love train nice. tickets. They're the best invention ever. <laughs> I've got like a billion of them anyway, so I thought I might use those. Um, what else have I done? I also did another section of Wall of Martyrs um, earlier in the month. I also... Uh, sprayed over um, my two bastions that I've got as well. Oh, cool! Um, again, they're all kind of in in progress. It's kind of I I I, I kind of do what what Neil does is when I've got a when I finish what I'm spraying and I'm like, oh, actually, I've got like three pit uh, like three quarters of a cup of paint still. I just try and find a piece of terrain that I know I'm going to paint that color eventually mm-hmm. and just 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 finish empty the load on on that bit of terrain there's been so so many puns that i've avoided you throw out there finish the load how dare but basically just finish finish uh whatever paint i've got left on onto those pieces and they look they look really weird now they look like they're done painted by a five-year-old but they will get there eventually and it's just i was i had a phone call or a facetime with with ron uh earlier and um we were talking about uh, obviously work stuff and models to paint and I was saying about how I don't have the two units I need to finish my 30k and he was like well, what are you going to work on I was like I've got so much terrain <laughs> it's <Yeah>. unreal <laughs> I've got so much stuff to paint still and then 
I think even when I finish that, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna repaint my realm. I think. Um, yeah. Just work on the skull sections a bit better, and yeah, I've just got so much to do. Just never-ending terrain. Yeah. But that's my life. That's what I've been doing this month. It's just painting. I think the only units I can really kind of say are done are probably those containers. Um, but a lot of stuff has had some work on it at least, uh, which is quite cool. Good. Um, I kind of miss doing some brushwork painting. A lot of it's yeah. been through airbrush, um, and which has annoyed me. So I haven't actually painted as much as I probably should have this month. Um, but yeah, so we'll get there. We're, we're going to carry on. And I've got lots of time in my hands, so I've got lots of stuff I can paint. Yeah. Cool. Um, you, you, did you end up stripping that rhino, Matt? No. So yeah, sorry. In, in the notes, it does say um, that I need to strip a rhino. It's an old Death Guard rhino. Um, so I pulled off all the tentacles and things that were made out of green stuff that I got it like. Um, so it's back to normal, but they're quite where they were put, the green stuff tentacles were put on and then the base colors were put on. Mm. So like there's almost like this kind of raised edge where the um, tentacles were. Yeah. So I'm going to probably need to strip it. I was just going to file them down and then spray over it. But then I was like, oh, you'll, you'll, see never, it through you'll the... never get them flat. No, really? because it's going to be used for my ultramarines now. I really need a flat, nice, clean surface for the metallic. Yeah. So I need to strip it, but I've never stripped a uh, vehicle or well, any model before. Oh. So that's something I need to to learn how to do. So I put discuss. I don't necessarily think we should probably go into details on how to do that now, but I will be picking both your brains on stripping a rhino and and the do's and don'ts and what to use because I probably don't actually own what I need. Okay. But yeah, I can so. I, I can tell you the ways of stripping. It's it comes naturally to me. So uh, definitely. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Start. Nails oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> on. Nails on. But okay, cool. So you're that's something we can talk about off offline. Off off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think yep. it's needed now. But yeah, I do need to strip a rhino because then that gives me one of the two that I'll need yeah. for that uh list. Um, I'm almost trying to kind of set up. I think with while this is still going on, I need to almost be able to go right. Cool, I'm going to spend you know two hours of one night. I'm going to go up and I'm just going to airbrush everything I can, and then it's just you know I'll bring one model out at a time and just do some brush work here, there, and everywhere. I think that's where I need to actually. Then I'll actually progress while being stuck at home. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Uh, what's next? What's next? Playing the games. game. So obviously none of us have played any games because... Oh, we've well. Been... Oh. oh, no. Yes. Well. I forgot this. See, if you did the notes, Neil, <laughs> albeit they were up 24 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, um, quite exactly. Um, um, then we would I would have not got that right. <laughs> so, Matt hasn't had any games. Sam hasn't had any games. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've had games. Oh, have you? I've had games. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've definitely had games. Me and Kelly have been playing. No, that's oh, definitely okay. not true. I've taught her 30k. She's she's a pro. It's it's not true. I'm gonna enter her on the I'm gonna enter <laughs> If you've the... taught her 30k, she is not a pro. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna enter her on the pro circuit. She's gonna distract them Fair while enough. I play. Uh so hopefully I'll win a game. <laughs> I see. I no, see. I haven't had a game. I I I I actually really miss gaming. I miss it so much. Go on, Neil. Sorry, you were gonna so, tell us an anecdotal so. story. Yes, um, there's a bit of software called Tabletop Simulator on Steam. Uh, I've got that, and you can get models that have been made or ripped from various 
incarnations of Dawn of War uh, to represent your armies on the tabletop. So I played uh, Chaos Chris. I think Chaos, that's what we call Chaos it. Chris, is that the... Yeah, I mean, do you know what? It's been so long, and that, that does show something <laughs> that we've used uh, nicknames on this on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, because we have two Chris's. In yeah, we have a couple group. of Chris's. Yes. Uh... So Chaos Chris. Um, I played him. Obviously, I was playing Tao. He was playing. Uh, combination of Dark Eldar and Harlequins. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did a very simple kill uh, point because trying to learn a new bit of software, all the different key commands of how you pick up a unit, use a tape measure type thing to measure from the point where you've picked them up to the point where you want to drop them, drop them in the right place without sending everything flying. <laughs> uh, rolling dice is a great one as well because if you roll dice across the table everything just goes everywhere okay um, so would you have to do you're not like mag- almost like magnetized there, there are there are <laughs> there are things where you can prevent things from interacting but it's okay. um, yeah and at the end of the game Chris flipped the table yeah, of course <laughs> of course I won and it's the only time you can flip a table and not not worry cry. about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then once we reset it, I then flipped as well because I wanted to flip the table. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a great way if you do own a computer uh, and you want to play people. It's a great way of of a step in that direction of being able to do it. Just yeah, it was fun. Mm, that's cool. Well, I've definitely heard of people doing it and I've seen it um, online a couple of times, but I don't own a PC at home, so I wouldn't be able to play it. Um, what did you What did you play, Neil? Tell us about the game. I played Tau. What, I mean, what more? What? Yeah, sorry. I'm, what more do I want to know? Uh, this, yeah, yeah. I already said that it was Tau versus Dark Elder and with kill points, Harlequins with. Kill, team, kill points. How did it go, I suppose? Like, did, was it close? Or did you get mullered? Um, it, no, it wasn't close. Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris got mullered. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, did he? You uh, won a game? Roll yeah. on the roll on yes, the Yes, I won a game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think... I uh, don't know if I've got any screenshots anywhere, but I think I only lost about five models from oh, wow. three different squads. See, whereas, why can't you do that on the tabletop? Because... It's real dice as opposed to digital dice. That, <laughs> dice. I, that you have to you, you spam pressing R to roll things. So I literally select all the dice and then just keep tapping R until yeah I can border this Lego and then yeah it improves your ability to 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 play possibly or it's easier to hack the dice so you can make them roll sixes. Yeah. No 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 no. We, there were definitely some some really rubbish rolls. Like marksman, marksman, uh, firesight marksman trying to hit on threes, and I was rolling twos. That's nice. cool. So the way it, the way it works, just as someone I've never played it, does it tell you the rules or what you can do, or is it no, just no, no, no. it's just no, effectively it's like a simulation? It's just a yeah, it's a simulation of a table. So you have um, to have your codex in front of you then. Yes. Oh, I really want to. I really want to try it. <laughs> I'll have to buy a PC. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Indeed. When you've got a job, Sam. When, when I've got, got a job. job. Yeah. When I've gained gainful employment. Yeah, um, yeah so, but go on. Uh, lists then, because obviously we haven't played a game, but it doesn't stop mm. us writing lists for them. 
Um, so you've been working on or you've been toiling with your uh, ultramarine tank company, right? Yes, I've been having some fun with my ultramarine lists. Yes, so um, I've been kind of wanting to do a tank company for a while. It's a very anti-me list. Most of my lists are all inventory, maybe with a couple of walkers, because I quite like walkers. Um, and I went, Joe, you know if I'm going to do a loyalist legion, I want it to be completely different to my night lords, which is all kind of fast infiltrating units, uh, sneaky, um, very little tank kind of presence. So I'm going to do a tank company. So I went armored spearhead with ultramarines uh, using my ZM force. Um, so I've been playing around with that with, you know, obviously the land raider stuff, tax squads in rhinos, and then basically wrestling with the last kind of few hundred points on what to have in my heavy support. So, you know, like a couple of normal Vindicators, Basilisks, um, Medusas, some of the Bombards, the new Bombard tanks, lots of different options out there. Um, and I've been kind of wrestling with that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I've had a bit of an interesting thing by putting my models, um, not models, you're, see, you're throwing me off with these stupid faces, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I'm putting that it's into not my fault. Cooking. He keeps yawning, which is making yeah. me I'm yawn. Not yawning. I'm, really I'm, just, I'm just opening my mouth. Yes, it's making me yawn. Stop <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah, I've been putting my lists up online and uh, asking for some advice. Um, and uh, I was saying to Sam, we were messaging like late, a couple of nights ago, I think it was, um, and just saying how like I find it really difficult when people start picking apart your lists yeah, and they're not doing anything unfairly, and actually, I haven't had any negative, you know, feedback in terms of that's rubbish, you're rubbish, you know, any of that stuff. But just um, people don't understand exactly where you're coming from, whether it's because they're the models you own, and that's because of a budget thing, or whether you're trying to build a list to a theme. Yeah. And even though you put that information in the post, it often gets slightly forgotten or ignored yeah. because people want to put across yeah. their way of doing things. Um, and ah, uh, just kind of dejected me a little bit enough where I nearly deleted all my armored spearhead lists and started looking at other right of wars to do a completely different list. I basically came back to the armored spearhead because I definitely want that tank company feel. Um, the Ultramarines have a, I think it's called the Lo Logus Lectora or something, um, right of war that uh, is, is quite a nice buff. You have to have certain HQs, which is a bit annoying um like almost like attacks really um but you have to have more inventory units than you have tank type okay. and at that point i was like my list doesn't work in that right of war right because okay, i want you've tanks. got yeah you've got tanks and you've got units right yeah so the the problem is and someone raised it rightly uh, uh, two out of the three units that i'm looking to put in land raiders can already take land raiders and that's the main boon from having an armored spearhead list yeah. So I'm not massively getting much for the right of war. Okay. Um, so technically, I could bring the same list without a right of war and be no different. Um, in some ways, it would be safer to do that because then if I don't, if I lost all my tanks, they all got blown up, I wouldn't give away any additional victory points. Whereas yeah. with the right of war, I do. Yeah. Um, there's not much kind of boon for taking it. Um, so I'm playing around with the idea of yeah maybe not taking a right of war not having to take a praetor so that could free up you know bringing maybe a more characterful HQ to lead yeah. the force I'm not sure yet um, but yeah no other right of war fit with the army that I wanted to do because of other limitations and things 
So I'm still kind of going with it. Um, I think you put in the idea of maybe having a Storm Eagle in there to transport my Terminators instead of the Spartan, yeah. which I'm playing around with as well. So it's I've got four variations. Um, I've got four variations of the list that I'm just trying to iron out. Um, and yeah, I mean, once they're, in some ways, this is all a bit of fun because even when I finish and go, right, that's the list I'm building. Um, I can't buy any models right now. So <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's not really a big deal. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been kind of wrestling with that. So I think I, I was saying, I was saying to you when we were talking, it's, it's very hard. I'd actually go, go so far as saying you shouldn't put your lists on Facebook or on sites asking for advice because you're always going to get other, the way other people play. Um, yeah. and what surprises yeah. me about 30 K is like, I, I've done it before with my blood angel listening on cool. This is the theme behind it. It's fifth company. My prayer is yeah. going to be based around a mitt. That's why he's got two close combat weapons because that's what he would have brought. Um, and as soon as you do it, they're like, no, you're running your assault squads wrong. You should be running three squads of 15 rather than two squads of 20. It's like, yeah, but I like the large squads and I don't really want three squads of 15. It's like another load of points. And I think the only thing that I found really beneficial from from submitting lists to groups online is is actually reaffirming my decisions so reaffirming that i don't want three squads of 15 but it's great someone's pointed that out what also baffles me is that people like talk about bang for your buck from units or making back the yeah, cost of units that, i got that one a lot and it's like but i thought it's all about narrative like for the way i play 30k and and yeah. a lot of the 30k scene tell you that they're narrative based playment playing so as soon as they go, well, it doesn't really get your points back. Yeah. It's like, well, is that narrative then at that point? Yeah. If you're... It's, it's, it's actually, I've kind of, the more I've dived into this 30K stuff, it's more of a kind of fake layer of narrative. I think a lot of people like the narrative and that's what gets them into the heresy. Yeah. So they naturally are playing narratively because they're playing a legion with a Primarch or a named character. And, you know, they've got that part of the narrative to already rely on because of all the books. Um, but when you actually start looking at lists, there's so, a lot of people who are kind of, yeah, bang for your buck, getting your points back. Yeah. No point doing this, no point doing that. A clear example was I, some of the comments I had was there's no point taking only five suzerains. They won't kill enough. Um, running a large squad of Terminators will never make their points back. Um, and my 10-man breach squads all with power swords um, are like stupid because they didn't use the word stupid. I'm summing that up. Um, because they only have like one attack each. So if they don't get the charge, it's not that many dice. And your combat units aren't as good as other Legion's combat units, so don't waste points on them. And yeah. I'm like, well, but the breaches are there because of the law behind the breacher squad with the red helmets and the power swords yeah. that go on to boarding actions and go into assaults to redeem themselves after failing the Legion somehow. And that's why they're there. So yes. I'm going to pay the extra points to have a, a unit that I love to see on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, and people, I think people get that, but when you're talking about lists, they switch off that part of their brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, um, how so, that yeah. list going to be effective and yeah. I think also, so I asked the question of whether I should take two Basilisks or two of the new Acrita Bombards because they're exactly the same points. Yeah. And eventually after being asked and asked and asked, they are like, they were like, well, what's your full list? But what's your full list? And I'm like, well, I'm doing tank company. I've got a few units in Land Raiders, a few units in Rhinos, and then I'm adding this. And they're like, no, no, no. I just like, post your list, post your list. So I eventually post my list. And then 
you know, here's 20 suggestions about the other units in the list. And I'm like, I've already decided they're the units I'm bringing. I asked you whether Basilisks or Bombards Basilisks. for this for this type of list. I think I probably am going to go with the Basilisks. Mainly because we found a third party that the, oh, the tanks are amazing. Amazing. And when I eventually get some, we yeah. will do a, a good long conversation about yeah. them. They're German. Um, but yeah. Neil, you, you, we could use your, your skills of talking German and reading German. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, list building online Answers. probably probably can go down a bit of a rabbit hole on this, so yeah. we probably should cut that. I've written um, a yeah. really good list for uh, my my space wolves. Ooh. Yeah, so I've I, well, I mean, it's it's the space wolves that my my guy killed brutally. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so isn't I'm... this one guy in a squad though? So yeah, that's a list. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's an allied list. <laughs> it's an allied list. So I've, uh, I was, I was, um, I think it was actually on the last hobby hangout that I, I was really interested in um, taking the in in the heresy. Um, the space wolves had effectively like a unit assigned to each of the legions to go off and much. watch what the legions are doing. Uh, super, super stealthy, like as space wolves. Um, so the ones that were. Uh, assigned to the Blood Angels and, and Sanguinius at that point was uh, I want to say Hell 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 Redknife Helga Redknife Helvik <laughs> Helvik Redknife I can't remember. Uh, so he was I think that's the name. So he was assigned to um, the Blood Angels. Oh, is it Redblade? Redblade. Helvik Helvik Redblade. Hang on. <laughs> I've piqued his interest now. <laughs> so yeah, you, I, you, ca- you carry on. So he was assigned to the Blood Angels and. When um, the Blood Angels saw Sanguinius fall uh, on Sigmund's Prime, they all went a bit weird uh, and they ended up killing the, the Space Wolves. Um, and it was actually a Mitt who, who killed them um, and, and his guys. So I really want to run uh, that detachment in, the spa- in, in my list. Um, it'll be a really cool little theme. It'll be a little uh, fluff driven uh, detachment it's basically a load of points that kind of sink your points in it's not really worth the points it's costing in terms of that kind of bang for your buck way but i thought it'd be really cool to kind of almost like a homage to them um and uh so i, I the, the list is uh it follows the the storm seer the the i'm honestly not a librarian but i'm a librarian in real life unit that the space wolves have because <laughs> yeah. you know they like it doesn't it's not from the warp it's it's from fenris itself it's how we do all of our the world spirit, Sam. The world spirit. Yeah, the world spirit. N- nothing yeah. to do with, yeah, nothing, to, nothing no, to do with the war. No, no. no, we have a magicy planet. <laughs> we have a magicy planet. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm running uh, a scr- a gray slayer pack, um, which are I could. Do you know what? There's so little information about what these guys are equipped with. I've just kind of gone with a smattering of a couple of different pack guys with power uh, power weapons and combat shields. Um, with a power axe, a heavy chainsword, um, a couple of different... It's, that's very axes. Space Wolf. They are like that. They're all kind of their own individual heroes yeah. and take their own you know, favoured weaponry into battle. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and the Huskarl, yeah. I've tried to keep it as close to uh, Red, Red Blade uh, as possible. Um, so Helic Red Knife. Red Knife. There you go. Something like that. Helic Red Knife. I've, I've, somebody's so, picked the book up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I just went on to um, Forge World and realised Red Blade is a character uh, in Termi armor that carries around with a heavy bolter and a frost axe. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got his own rules and everything. He's a named character. It's all, um, it's that's all where red, I got red, red Blade stuff, from. right? So, 
Was it he- yeah. head knife? Red knife. Red knife. Red Helic. knife. Red knife. So I've given him a thunder hammer because I thought that'd be quite thematic as a a um, as a huskarl and and I know again not necessarily the most competitive, but I think it'd be really cool. Uh, and Matt pointed out there's a really cool thunder hammer from um, the Inquisition uh, box, which looks really cool that a lot of people use. So I'm going to use that. Um, yeah, two two handed big thunder hammer. Just need to take off the Inquisition eye, and it's perfect. Yeah, and then I've got uh, a caster of ruins. Um, who's going to be the the psyker that was assigned with them? Um, he's in like uh, Aether Ruin armor. He's got a Force Sword. Uh, I've made him Psychery Master level two, uh, and given him a little refractor field to help him keep him alive a little bit longer, hopefully. Um, and it's just kind of a, a little detachment to run alongside. Actually, I, I don't think it's even legal because you need to have a Wolf Lord, Wolf Lord, or a Claw Leader with your squad in a detachment. So. It's going to be more of a flavour thing, and no one that I play with will have a problem with it. Cause uh, I think allies will probably be right. Uh, it's in an allied attachment, and it's telling me I need a wolf lord or a, a claw. But thing is, oh, okay. I just won't tell people, and then they won't know, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone would have an issue with that, other than maybe an event might you know, obviously be like, well, you need to stick to the rules. <laughs> well, uh, subterfuge, it's fine. Uh, so um, that's my my additional list I've built. I've been trying to to look through my list and see if I can kind of keep in the game that way. But I mean, I've all my lists are perfect. So you really just take a few extra vehicles when you want to, mm. when you're feeling underpowered, or just take a few. Yeah, extra yeah that's units. true. Yeah. Your, yeah, your list building is what ones have I got that I can just put, put on the board without people knowing. I mean. I might have to start printing lists off and giving them to people just to kind of hold me in check. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 just self-accountability. Self-accountability. Yeah. Here, have my list. Make sure I don't have anything extra. Um, <laughs> cool. So, anything else, guys? Have you been working on anything no, else? Yeah. Fun? Nothing else? No, I mean, I'm missing gaming. I was on such a roll this year. Like, I'm sad that I can't play right now. Thing is, though, it was you that caused it. Because you were doing so well gaming that you made up all your you you meet you met all your challenges and then a world pandemic happened. If you I just haven't didn't... met all my challenges. I would have met all my challenges. Um, I mean, the, hilariously, I've got all this time in brackets. Children, <laughs> cough cough. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm still I'm not actually going to make my uh, hobby ones probably. What was your hobby? But it was yeah. Uh, so I had these. These are all my 2020 goals. Um, Ten games of 40k. I've played two so far. Um, 10 games of 30k I've played 7 out of 10 already getting there um, considering I haven't played any for the last 2 months so like that's just February I played <laughs> January, February played 7 games um, uh, have a fully painted Ultramarines 1500th Centurion force which I do cool. own all the models for so that is achievable um, fully paint my 3k Nightlords tweaked list um, which I'm working towards, and then fully painted Nidforce. But less to say about that, the better, because uh-huh. <laughs> that's like 200 models. That's fine. You'll get there. Yeah, no. <laughs> not this year. <laughs> uh, I've started reading Scars. Uh, it's a very confusing oh, book. No. It's very confusing. Uh, like at the beginning, I wasn't too sure if he was a White Scar or whether he was just a Terran that they were going to send off to different legions or whether he was a lunar wolf or whether he's a, a space wolf now i'm very confused but i'm reading it so we'll see how that one ends up 
it's all very confusing. But clearly missed something key there. I can't remember. <laughs> At the beginning, he he's like he says like oh, I'm a, I'm from Terra, uh, and then he's like I'm a lunar wolf, and then I swear it says space wolves in there as well, and I'm like how do you? And then he's going to go become a white scar, and then he gets pushed over to being a space wolf, and then it just doesn't tell you again anymore. Um, so I'm very confused. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's quickly end that there before we get on to uh, more talking about that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with uh, a quick advert and then we're going to have the Warpstorm poll, which was which faction has the best vehicles in 40k and why? This product is rated H for hobby. Smashing through your computer screens and mobile devices comes a monthly hobby feast like you've never, ever, ever probably seen. Hosted on Google Hangouts, 8 till 11 p.m. Sunday nights, UK time. Three hours of hobby feasts and hard-fought victories. Are you strong enough to survive? Are you brave enough to achieve? Are you wise enough to attend? I guess we'll have to wait and see at the next Hobby Hangout. social media pages for specific hangout details Sam and Matt sold separately we do not take responsibility for any lack of completion of hobby level attendance diabetes hello uh, welcome back that was uh, that's in there diabetes is in, in the episode Neil. thank you very much um, so uh, thank you very much quick break um, we're back now with the Warpstorm poll um, the question we had was which faction has the best vehicles in 40k and why uh, we are going to go through the comments then talk, tell you about how we feel and then we're going to go over the results. So yeah, bottom, bottom up, bottom up, Le- least least votes to to win. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, so cool. Neil, take us away with Neil McLeod. Niall McLeod. It's all the same. No, it's not. <laughs> Niall McLeod. Um, I'm literally going to read this verbatim. Do it. So for me, it's got to be the Mechanicus. They've got a ton of variety and some totally wacky stuff. I think their vehicle design fits their law so well, especially the new flyer. Ooh, Do you know the what? New flyer, gentlemen. I flipping love it. It's amazing. Okay, Ever since they brought out the U-boat, um, not the U-boat, yes. the, the, the lander um, yeah. vehicle, since then, they've been on one. It's brilliant. I really love them. I think they're like, oh, I, they're I like suitably the crazy. lander thing. It's brilliant, isn't it? But I don't like the aesthetics of the backcopter. Mm. Why not? <laughs> it makes complete sense to have... <laughs> Have bits of flimsy That's material. It's, it just, I just, I, uh, I'm going to pull it up now. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up now. Uh, Mechanicus. I want to, I want to see it in person, but by the pictures, I don't enjoy it. Um, it's it's very strange. Haven't they done yes. some jump inventory now to match? Yeah, it? yeah. 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 They, they, they've got that to tie in with it, so it actually feels a bit more like it's not just a unique one-off Weird thing. thing yeah. But it's, I don't know. There's just, I think they're brilliant. I, I, there's I something really about like, it that. I really like all the old ones, like the crabs 
um, the crab yes. walker stuff and, yeah. and, and, and stuff. And you the can tie Strider. and they're very tied into other 40k vehicles. So the top of it looks like the top from the um, the Sentinel walkers from the guard. Um, and the old school vehicles from 30k look like trains. They're brilliant. Um, oh, yeah, the old pain train. Yeah, the pain <laughs> train. Uh, the U boat, I need to stop saying U boat. It's not a U boat. The hover vehicles look really cool. Um, I get what people are saying. They are pretty weird looking. And if they only had the flyer, then I think I, I would somewhat agree. But now they've got the jump vehicles. I think it's amazing. Because why not yeah. have why not why not have um material flyers on Mars? Like like the material wings, it makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean I, I think it's cool to have something distinctive to make them stand out as well. It's not like, oh here's Space Marine point two oh. Like they look very, very different and that was quite a, a needed thing. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily say they're the best, though. Um, well, I'm not saying they're the best, but they are really good. Yeah, they are. They're very distinctive. That's that's where I go. I really like this. Is it the Striders? The kind of um, the thing that you've got, Neil. The Chicken Walkers, the Mechano yeah. Striders. Yes, the ATAT. Or the Iron Strider. Sorry, the Iron Strider. Yeah, those no, things no, no, no. are so nice. The Iron Strider. It's basically it looks like a chicken with a man riding on top of it. Yeah, I love. It's those either got a a cat, a giant cattle prod. Or uh, either Las Cannons or Oro. I would, I would definitely take the cattle prod. It's definitely take me closer to I can hit it with my sword type. Kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why have a giant gun when you can have a cattle prod to attack people with? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, so Matthew, Ivor, Holly. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I thought about this for a while before voting for Orcs. Um, was between Astra Militarum, Guard in brackets, as we all know, um, and Orcs, in my mind, considered Guard for the sheer variety and sometimes massiveness of the tanks, but in the end had to go for the Orcs. The variety, versatility, customability, that word, customizability, uh, character, um, fun, just tick so many boxes uh, for me as a non-competitive narrative hobbyist and gamer. Yeah, I, I think... Yes. I, I agree the orc stuff is uh, allows you or certainly used to in the old rules just allow you to go nuts and create whatever you want to yeah. to be totally awesome. Um, you only have to look at today's Warhammer um, community post about uh, Loopy's army, about how nuts his army is on, on something. Mm -hmm. like, oh, is it up? Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's a bastion in there. There's like walkers. Like he has got, he's like off the chain when it comes to, mm. um, to the orc vehicles. I, I think whilst Orcs are the completely customizable. I, I understand why it would be a massive jaw. You can almost just put a bit, loads of bits in a bag, add some super glue, and shake it, and that's a vehicle. Um, kind of works. Yeah, I just, I, I just sometimes yeah. think, I just sometimes think that it, it I don't know that I don't think they're the best looking vehicles. I like the concept and the buggies mm. look amazing and and the flies look okay, but I don't think they're the best faction vehicles. You know what I want to see? I want to see an orc. Orcified uh June Crawler. So the, mm. the boxy the boxy mechanicus Loopy must have done one of those. I don't want sure to see Orcified. Yeah. Because I, that's the great thing about orcs. They can loot anything and turn it orky. Yeah, yeah. the one thing yeah. that frustrates me about that is you currently can't really take a looted vehicle. No. Like you can, but you can't. And it's a bit like, oh like that used to be a really cool in. Whereas now it's mm. like, okay, I'm going to have to loot this Rhino, but I'm going to have to play it as an orc truck. And at that point, you've actually got a cool orc truck kit. Yeah. 
I think they've kind of shot themselves in the foot for that customizability. So um, um, Loopy, still there, but... Loopy has got one on the old Chaos Walker legs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, and I, I, I think where they got rid of those rules where you could almost take a, a, a battle wagon, convert a battle wagon or whatever it was, you can convert like a guard tank and put it into there. Where they've kind of got rid of those rules, the looted wagon rules, um, or certainly scaled them back massively. I think, I think for me, it's just brilliant if you're that creative, but yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to do it for me as much as like other vehicles, but that's, it's, it's purely down to taste, right? Like it's amazing that Loopy mm. sat there and converted all these vehicles mm. and, um, people spend loads of time on them, and and, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm in no way creative whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I think the the strength of the orcs and voting for the orcs is that even if you're you know of your type of persuasion, Sam, where you're like I could never do it, you can appreciate it. Yeah. So I can imagine people being like, you know what, orcs have the best vehicles because there's so many best hobbyists kind yeah. of thing, like converters out there doing orc vehicles. But then that kind of makes me argue, is the line the best? Yeah. Like, is their GW-produced vehicles the best vehicles? And for me, I don't think they are. Um, I think Orc players make amazing vehicles and then they become the best. That's not because of something Games Workshop have produced. That's due to the creativity of individuals. And and that's actually what Chris Collins kind of alluded to. He said that the new Orc buggies just have so much character about them. They just seem to embody the spirit of the whole army, which I'm not sure that any other others do quite so well. Um, he said he still loves the the battle wagon and the truck kits. Overall, the yeah. orc vehicles lend themselves to have so many more conversion opportunities to to them. Um, I yeah. think I think like we said, Matt kind of hit the nail on the head. The orc vehicles themselves are great looking, but the army itself leads itself uh, mm. leads on to so much more opportunity to yeah. convert other vehicles. Like looking at the photos from the article, like Loopy's got a Vindicator on there um, at the front of a, uh, a front of the Gene Steeler Colt rock Goliath, but the back yes. of an orc truck, like the conversions that he's got are insane. But if you look mm. at, on the GW website, the exact models that they're bringing out, the vehicles, I don't think they're the best. No, I think also you get this kind of, there's almost this kind of schism with orc players right now. You've got the kind of old guard people like Loopy who have been working through converting models because they haven't had buggies, they haven't had this, they haven't had that. And actually they didn't want their army to all look the same. They wanted it to fit the law. And so here's a Land Raider as a battle wagon alongside my battle wagon because I run two. And I don't want them to look identical because that would be weird for the orcs. Mm. Um you get that kind of mentality and then you've got this new mentality of now we've got all these awesome kits like the buggies and the, the trucks and the battle wagons that I guess kind of count the planes are a great example of amazing kits yeah. um, and they just do it straight out of the box because you don't need to do all that converting work because GW have kind of done it in the design phase um, and yeah it's kind of like not that one's better than the other although the old guard is definitely always better you know Um <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's very two different. You can look at two different armies written the same way and know when they started collecting orcs, whether it was after the new kits or whether it was before the new kits. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think before the new kits, I want to say they're the best vehicles due to the the, the awesome work. Um, and afterwards, a GW out of the box orc army 
looks cool, looks fun, and it's definitely more fun than it is the kind of grim dark orc that I kind of like personally. So it drops down for me in that in the whole best vehicle conversation. Yeah, cool. Not that it's all about my opinion. But... No, no, no. Uh, it's all it's all valid here. We're a, a safe space to spout your opinions <laughs> as long as they don't disagree with mine too much. Uh, next up, Mark Frost said uh, the aesthetic of the guard vehicles and how they look makes me not want to play them. Mm. Ooh, controversial comment. Controversial it is. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a lot of love for the guard. Um, most of them didn't actually make our kind of highlighted comments because they're all very similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one was complete left field. Uh, reading down of like, oh, God are awesome. God are awesome. I don't like God. I was like, oh, we should talk about this. I I don't know where he's coming from. No, no. I'm a little. I was a little bit confused <laughs> because we're going for the best, which faction has the best vehicle. So I, I can't make up my mind whether Mark means yes, they have the best looking vehicles. Or they have the best vehicles, so I do not want to play against them because they will completely wipe me out. Or yeah. I think it's the look. Aesthetic is kind of look, isn't it? So yeah. I think he's just saying for him, like he wouldn't vote for guard um because I don't want to play them personally. I, I think I think with the guard vehicles, a lot of them are very, very like how we'd expect them to look in the real world. Like Mm. All of the guard vehicles you could see physically working in the real world. Bold yeah, statement. they're kind of what, yeah. World War One. Is it more? They're more World War One type tanks. Yeah, quite clunky, quite quite big. Uh, not necessarily wind resistance, uh, amazing. <laughs> um, but like the guard vehicles are, I think you could very easily build one of those from from like metal and engines and, and, and actual vehicles and make a guard vehicle like and it would mm. it would work like so you can't have like a uh, an elder wave serpent for instance because it just wouldn't not very easily it wouldn't float <laughs> it would it, unless you filled it with helium or had loads of balloons out of it. but i think the guard vehicles all of them for me like i i really like the guard vehicles i really like the way that they um the way that they look like they could you could drive them straight off the page um mm. all right they might be a bit comedic but actually, they're quite cool. My only concern is the way that the basilisk looks. Looks like if you'd fire a basilisk, the whole tank would flip over. It'd flip over, yeah. Like it's... I think Forge World have kind of fixed that. They've put support structs on it. Yeah, just because at the back, it would either the tank would dig itself into the ground or it would just flip over backwards. Like it's it's a little bit insane. Um, yeah, yeah. I think guard have a lot of strength when you have multiple vehicles. Yeah. So, like, a whole guard army of lots of tanks looks really impressive and quite cool. Why, thank um, you. I think if you have one or two and you're more infantry, unless they're the kind of more artillery aspect, like basilisks and medusas, yeah. um, I think, it, like, the odd Lehman Russ looks a bit weird and clunky. But when you've got three in a unit and then next to it is another three and then there's two hellhounds going up the flank and, you know, like, all of those yeah. tanks all together, it just looks quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, Mike Parker next. Yes. Is this who is this supposed to be? Neil. You. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Mainly because I want to see him go super close to the screen again, so he can read because he left his glasses in the other room. Uh, what? <laughs> exactly. I didn't get any of that, Sam. Oh no, just fine. Don't worry about it. I didn't hear it either. Brilliant. Exactly. Um, the so joys of recording not in the same room. It's fine. Uh, Mike Parker, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Eldar 
The Wave Serpent is a beast with that shield and can take assault weapons for quickly getting troops up the board and still shooting. Mm, a tactical approach. Indeed. Yes, Wave Serpents. Yeah. I really like the look of Eldar vehicles. Um, and their rules are always solid because they're Eldar. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're just the same vehicle. They're all the same yeah, that, vehicle. Like, yeah, but so is about... the Lehman Russ. So is a no, 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 Predators have, and Vindicators. You, yeah, but they're different. You have different uh, vehicles in there. Like, look, look at the look at the, the Eldar vehicles. They're all the same chassis with different guns. Or they're jet bikes. Or they're a flyer. <laughs> they have like they literally have yeah. three types I, of vehicles. I do know what you mean. Like the fire prism and the Falcon um, Falcon and the wave, the wave serpent. serpent are all the same body, just with yes. a different turret, right? Yeah. Um I think the wave serpent has the prongs out the front, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But then your argument is, well, uh, the rhino, the predator, I, I totally the vindicator, agree. the uh the land razorback. The whirlwind. But they've got the Land Raider, the, they've got the, the new hunter, two flyers. The stalker. But they're all different. They're all the same chassis. No, no, they're yeah, all different. No, no they're, they're all in rhinos and with slightly different turrets. So Neil's exactly. right. But I, that's why I wouldn't vote Space Marines on the team. I think, I think it, it's still it, valid. The Space Marines have a, a wider array spectrum of vehicles, whereas that's the Elder. Because have... Games Workshop loved them. You're right, you're right. Yes. And they hate the Elder. Like, it's very clearly. They definitely do not they hate, all the, hate Elder. the Elder. <laughs> Maybe I just hate the Elder. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to vehicles, I think they hate the Necron. I mean, yeah, they've got, what, mm. like two vehicles? Dumark. Well, they've got those kind of weird skeleton rib things. Um, the Ghost Arc and the Doomsday Arc, I think it well, is. They've got the Pyramid. Um, and then you've got the giant monolith, which is just like kind of cool, I guess. Different, but just a bit meh. And then I suppose they've got the floaty barges as well. but. Mm. No, you don't think Necrons. When someone says vehicles, you don't think Necrons, do you? No, no. You think guard. You're in the guard, son. Tom Tattersall, <laughs> he said that the Tau aircraft are so lovely. Their sleek looks seriously do it for me. I actually mm. have to agree. Yeah, do you know what? If this was what has the best air, like models, I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the flying um, vehicles. Yeah, yeah, best flying vehicles. Tau would be up there. I don't know if they have. Quite you seen win, the Orca lander? Well, yes. It's like a brick. Yeah, yeah, that thing is a big brick. Do you know what? But there's quite block. a few that aren't like that. The third, the, the Forge World vehicles, the flyers, are yeah. amazing. So, like the yeah, Pathfinder yeah. Tetris or the uh, the Tiger that. Shark or the Barracuda, they look amazing. Yeah, I, I even like the plastic one. What's the plastic one called, Neil? The one uh, you've, you've got, got Sun Shark, uh, Sun, sorry, Razor Shark, or uh, I think it's Sun Shark. I can't remember. Uh, Hold so on. You're going to go look in your codex. <laughs> I right? must get this right. Step over just, here to the bookshelf that has the book on. I'm just going to go to the Games know. Workshop website and find it much faster than you. I'll oh, see yeah. who wins. Sure. Who wins? Tau Empire. They've only got like so three we've got things, the Sun they? Shark bomber and the Razor Shark strike fighter. Hey. Right. Books over technology. Are we are we <laughs> saying that the the battle suits are vehicles as well? No, they're battle suits. No, they're no, walkers. No. They're no, the battle, they're armor. The, the uh, vehicles are the vehicles all the same are... chassis. Um, Devilfish and Devilfish. Uh, what is it? Sunray. Hammerhead. Is it Skyray. 
Hammerhead, Sky Ray, you've got Piranhas, you've got the Flyers, and that's it. Yeah, the Flyers are, are absolutely beautiful. Forgeworld ones, I even like the plastic newer ones that they did. They were really cool. Uh, but yeah, the Devilfish and stuff are just, I don't know, there's something goofy about them. And they're all the same chassis, which we were arguing against the Eldar. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, same they're thing. All so that chassis, all that chassis yeah. with different guns. That chassis, yes. Yeah. It um, looks cool and it is distinctive, which you, again I think wins it points. But yeah, it's just not the f- again. You think vehicles 40k, you don't think town. No. Okay. No, because town is battle suits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So surprise, surprise! Necrons, Harlequins, and Sisters of Battle got no votes. Mm, Sister of Battle is interesting because they've got some weird vehicles. Rhinos with based with on rhinos on the back. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Tau, Tau, Gene Sealer, Cole, Chaos Space Marines, Custodes, all got one vote. Mm, yep. Yeah, Chaos Space Marines actually quite surprising because they're quite different, like to all the others. You know, you got Defilers and then you got all the Demon Engines. Yeah, um, I suppose drones, people aren't they're... that bothered about Dinobots, right? No, not really. Yeah, well, quite, yeah. Uh, Space Marines, all factions, and Dark Elder got two votes mm-hmm. each. Uh, Mechanicus uh, got four votes. Yep. Eldar got eight votes. Mm-hmm. Orcs got 16 votes. Mm. And in first place, Astra Militarum uh, got God. 20. Yeah, Astra Miller what now? Got 23 votes. Yeah, 23. Indeed. So. Yeah. The real question here, though, guys, is if you had to own one vehicle for your daily driver, <laughs> which vehicle would oh, you pick? Hang on. A daily drive, what, like to and from work or something? Yeah, to work, to the shops. Oh, man. You can only vehicle, pick one. Man. One vehicle. I'll give you a couple of minutes. We'll cut it out in the, in the episode, but feel free to go to the various websites and look them up. But No, no, I don't need to do that. I just can't I need to do picture that. all of them. Um, well... So this is the thing, right? Like, if you can control the Necron portal gate, you could literally just walk in a monolith and appear where you want it to be. But you'd need two monoliths. That'd be kind of cool. That's yeah. true. You wouldn't so need you two only monoliths. get one, no, so you work. could go anywhere. Yeah, that doesn't work. Um, oh, Dark Elder Venom, super fast, quick, nimble, small thing could be cool. Um, I wouldn't go for a tank because it'd just be slow and loud. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I want something that hovers. I want like an Elder or Dark Elder vehicle. I, I would go with the Elysium drop troops buggy thing that they just. Oh, okay. The yeah. Tours. All over that. Absolutely yeah, the all over that. Cool. Seeing as I, that's one of the ones I wanted to do, but then they discontinued yeah. it. I'd blow up in anything Orc. I'd just hit the wrong button and I'm dead. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to be plugged into Are we including, the sorry, are we cl- including, including flyers? Uh, yeah, they're vehicles. vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's got to be one that I can actually pilot and not die. Yeah, exactly. Like I know, I think I'd go for a hover vehicle, probably a Venom for Dark Elder. It's not that big. Just you know, a couple of people on the back, you in the driver's seat. Happy days. Okay. And oh. no traffic jams because you can just hover out, hover out and over the way. I was, I'm really tempted to go for something town, but I just think as the person I am, I just wouldn't be able to do that. So <laughs> I think I would have to go for a Marauder Bomber. A Marauder Bomber. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. great for the commute to work. I, I have no commute. 
Like, <laughs> right now, yeah. Right now. So it would just be me, right, I'm going to Matt's house. Let's try not to shoot him down with my Laz, my twin link Laz guns. Shoot him down <laughs> with the twin <laughs> Laz gun. <laughs> <laughs> my Laz cannons or my twin link bolter. I, it's also, it's got passenger seats so I could take people with me. Um, oh. Do you know what? It was either that one or it would have been the, um, oh, what's it called? The Space Marine one, the brick. Oh, the, se- uh, uh, the assault ram. The assessor's assault ram. The assault ram. Purely because, purely because it looks like it can take a hit. And the <laughs> yes, likelihood of me can. hitting things is very high. Yeah. So I think the you assault got, ram is probably. You got a giant melter cannon if you ever get into trouble. Uh, yeah, like worst comes to worst, I'll just I'll cut through that vehicle rather than go around <laughs> it and it'll it'll be it'll be perfect. Uh. That, that, to be honest, that vehicle sums you up perfectly. <laughs> fucking brute force and no care for anybody else. Who, if they're in my way, it's not my fault. Um, okay, <laughs> moving, shouldn't have been there. moving swiftly on before my mission of guilt of uh, hit and runs um, is the next month's poll question. So this one came from Matt. Uh, it is the best Chaos Marine named character with a model but not necessarily just based on how the model looks or how good the model is. Yeah, so the the, pre- the premise is these guys have all got models, so otherwise the list could have been hundreds of Chaos Marine characters, um, but you're not necessarily judging them on the model alone. The model can be part of your decision, but also you know the lore of them, the backstory, the history, um, if you own the model, if you, you prefer that Chaos God, whatever, go nuts with the reasons why. We'd love to hear why. Um, but yeah, these are the um, characters that have models. And I see Sa- Sam, is that you highlighting the one at the bottom? No. You had no idea who it was because Neil did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who he's the one with the He's the one with the jump pack. Yeah, he's the only jump pack guy that came out with Vigilus. Was it Vigilus? The campaign book that they did. Um, but anyway, you have obviously uh, Big Baddie Abaddon, um, Typhus, Khan, Lucius the Eternal. Uh, fabulous Bill, as I like to call him. Fabulous Bile. Fabulous um, Bile. <laughs> um, Huron Blackheart. And Harkon World Claimer. So these are the models that are found on the Games Workshop site, not their Indeed. 30k counterparts. This is when they have no. been 10,000 years of chaosness and we've yeah, moved this on. This is 40k only, and that's why there's no uh, 30k other characters in there. Oh, uh, I have missed out Araman. Can you add Araman to that list? Oh, yeah, I'll go and figure I just realised I missed him out. Araman and... oh, I can do it. Hang on. That was quick. How did you do that that quick? What? Did you type Araman that quick? Or did you go and find his yeah. name and copy it? Wow. No, I just typed in. I thought I only heard like two, two little clicks on your keyboard. Uh, just, just quick fingers. Too good. I heard that about you. You've got quick fingers. Quick fingers. <laughs> the ladies love it. The ladies love it. Uh, cool. So, uh, moving swiftly on from Matt's quick fingers. Uh, so, that is the <laughs> next month's poll question. It's the best Chaos Space Marine named character with a model, but not necessarily just based on how good the model is. So, go away and look at them as a whole. Uh, instant thoughts. I reckon it's going to be fabulous, uh, fabulous Bill. Um, I really like him. And now he's got my money's little... on Fabius Bile as well. I, I, I... Oh, interesting. Well, we're going to take so this out I, and I, I'll put it in. I'm going to put money on a Baden. Yeah. Because he's the big baddie. And if you go law wise, he's been around the longest. He's kind of, you know, the big bad dude. And Aaron Dembski Bowden's books did wonders for his character. 
He's okay. been around as long as Fabius, uh, Khan, Typhus, Lucius, and Ariman. Yeah, but not world claimer though. He's probably new. He's a good guy, right? Like, yeah, if world claimer or her and Blackheart get a vote, I'm going to be very surprised. Here we go. Right? No, I'm doing. Challenge accepted. <laughs> um, no, nah, not from you guys. But uh, yeah, uh, in terms of the practicalities of this poll, please only vote for one um, of your choices, not multiple. And obviously, there won't be any option of adding any. If we have missed someone, like I nearly missed Araman, curse me, um, le- let us know and we can add that um, ourselves. But yes. yeah, they are the options to go up on the poll. Mr. Samwell. Oh, I'll do it now. Uh Thank you very much. That was a really good segment. I quite like that. And I like I like the fact that I'm going to either going to get a Marauder Bomber or a uh, Assault Ram in the post soon. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with our spotlight. Um, and you're going to hear an advert about Instagram. Yeah, let's do Instagram. Ooh, Insta- are we got an Instagram advert? No, but we do now. <laughs> Want to stroke Sam's ego so I don't have to as much? Then please leave the Adepsis Terror podcast an iTunes review if that's the platform in which you listen to them on. The reviews do help them to at least attempt to do better and it does make their little faces light up when they see the five stars. So do the right thing and leave them a review. Thank you. Am I done? No. Hello and welcome back. This is the Spotlight and this episode we are talking about Space Marine Power Armor. I mean, I didn't realise there was so much information about this stuff. I know, tell me about it, right? Yeah. It's cool. It reminds me of when we did like Lehman Rust tanks. Yeah, and or, there's like a billion uh, different all the, all the Bane Blades and things all, like that. All the Bane Blades. It's one of those. So hopefully if you're really interested in Power Armor, this is for you. Um, and if you're not really interested in Power Armor... I mean, skip ahead the hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or listen and you may learn something. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but Space Marine Power Armor is an extraordinary, sophisticated defensive system, as we all know. Yes, indeed. Uh, it can combines huge resistance to physical damage with a sensory array and sealed environment, which protects its wearer from the ravages of the void and alien atmospheres. Integrated with the armor are networks of electro-motivated fiber bundles, which mimic and augment the muscular strength of the wearer. The true genius of the design, however, lies in its close integration with the already superhuman physiology, senses and reflexes of the space marine within. Working in concert, armour and Astartes together become a weapon without equal. Other than than all the things that can kill space marines. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, There are numerous different marks of power armour, most of which date back in terms of design and application many thousands of years ago to the time of the Great Crusade and the Horus Heresy. Each has its own law and genesis in place and time. Even in the 41st millennium, some intact suits from the near-mythical age survive in active service as war relics of the space marines. It is also far from uncommon for more recently fashioned armour to uh, incorporate slivers or whole components from far older suits as revered connections to the past. Mm -hmm. Like this little knee motor, we'll keep that. And this little bit of cabling will keep that. That's good. We we like that bit. We'll keep yeah, that yeah. one. I suppose if it works and the rest is damaged, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, space Marines go through an arduous process uh, where they receive various implants, cul- culminating in the implantation of the black carapace. 
this is their kind of like second skin yeah uh, allows the marine to have a direct interface with the armor making it in, eff- uh, in effect a second skin uh, the advanced systems of space marine power armor also monitors the marine's biological functions feeding the medical information to the marine good to just be able to glance and see your heart rate I mean, it, it, well, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like a te- really advanced Fitbit. Yes, a really <laughs> advanced wearable Fitbit. I, I, th- I feel like this is a in the top right hand side of your vision will be like a little bit of your your maybe your ECG mm. and the line and stuff. But at the same time, you're alive. Why do you need to know that? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like if you're shot by a poisonous weapon and tell you the toxin <laughs> levels in your blood, and, it just bleeps up and be like, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, no, it might say like, you know, 10 minutes till passing out or something. Yeah, maybe. That things like that yeah. would be useful for yeah. a super soldier. 10 minutes to no more being alive. Yeah, those kind of things. So components. Uh, while Space Marine armor has evolved and changed over the millennia, uh, key components remain the same. They all have auto senses, which contain are contained in the helmet. These systems include uh, thought-activated communication arrays and audio filters, targeting reticules and rangefinders, tactical displays and auspex links. So many words. Uh, And a host of other features, like cookbooks. Yes. Yeah, those kind of things. Like cookbooks. (laughs) (laughs) Just extra features. Just the space being being like, um, cool, hang on, I just need to look up the uh, chicory arabiata recipe. Two seconds. What herb should I put in my... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Photo lenses. Uh, these protect the space marine from light bursts and allow him to see in infrared and ultraviolet spectrums, as well as enable vision in low light conditions. 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 Um, uh, next is the respirator Vox grill. This thought-activated device um, amplifies the marine's battle cryer to deafening volumes and contains a respirator to filter out toxins and draw upon an internal oxygen supply. Uh, we also have, so there's quite a few other things really. Uh, auto-responsive shoulder blades. Uh, they're shaped to deflect and absorb incoming blows. They usually display the heraldry, including chapter, company, and squad symbols. So yep. These are our big pauldrons on the shoulders. Um, the backpack power unit. Uh, this house is the primary power core of the armor, as well as reserve cells and an emergency solar collector. They're solar powered. I like that. I think it's important to be solar powered. Yeah, green. Green uh, power armor. I think it, what, what, obviously, not all of them have this. What do you mean? Not all of the marks of armor have, have these. Uh, the ba- the backpacks. The backpacks. They yeah. all. I don't know, but like they don't all have the solar panel stuff. Oh, right? I, yeah. Maybe that's something that's changed. I'm not sure. So maybe we'll when we go through our bits, we we'll highlight. I've highlighted where the armors are slightly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's fine. Just to me. Just, just. Yeah, yeah. No, this is kind of the general stuff that's in most of the marks, if not all of them. Okay. Um. So yeah, they they all have a backpack power unit. Maybe they're slightly differing. They obviously differ in design, but maybe in function as well. Yeah. Um. They have life sign monitors. Um. These regulate a suit of life support functions, including an injection system that can regulate painkillers, antitoxins, and combat stimulants. Load of needles somewhere tucked inside. Indeed. Stab you in the leg. Well, it does say like, um. I'm listening to a Belisarius Call book at the moment. Yes. Um, and it talks about how there's a, a scene where the Marines 
are surrounded by like a massive hologram of Tyranids attacking. Mm. Um, and they, it talks about how all of their um, bodies go into like the combat systems get flooded around their bodies. Yeah. So I can imagine it is almost like a, you know, when you go to hospital and you have the thing in your hand. Yeah. And it's that kind of like almost a plug that connects to the greed yeah, or, yeah. Or, or the leg part and then it injects those stims straight in. Would be mm. quite cool. Maybe yeah, it does yeah. it all at the same time. Yeah, possibly. Um, Mine yeah, there's some. They do it in one of the. Can't remember what one, but in the Space Wolf Omnibus with Ragnar, they talk a lot about the stims injection and stuff at some point in the three stories, six stories, whatever it is. <laughs> I remember reading it there. Um, they have a nutrient rever. Um, bloody hell. They have a nutrient reservoir, a self-replenishing high-energy food store that can sustain a space range with metabolism. Thus, during battle, there is no need for a space marine to eat or drink. I mean, why do you need to eat or drink anyway? No, like, just have it all pumped in, right? Just pumped straight in. They, they do say about how the marines can survive many hours through um, many hours, well, many days without having to rest. I mean, yeah. maybe that's where the sustenance come from. Yeah, and just keep pumping them full of drugs. Yeah, just keep pumping it through. And various things. Um, and lastly, they have the reinforced greaves. Uh, these incorporate gyroscopic stabilizers um, and power units that can magnetize the soles of the armor's boots, allowing space marines to walk on metal surfaces in the void of space of zero gravity environments. Oh, I thought that was quite cool. I didn't actually know they had magnetic boots. No, well, I guess that's how they fight on the, sh- the outside of ships and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that ever before, really. Um. It should be noted that the Mark 1, 2, and 3 patterns of power armor are no longer in general use by the chapter's battle companies and are extremely rare relics of any chapter lucky enough to still possess them. Um, though the Mark 2 and Mark 3 can be seen with slightly greater frequency among the Chaos Space Marine chapters. I'm guessing that's because they Makes don't have Forge Worlds to re- resupply them. And they're just from that age, right? Yeah. The, warp, the warp messes with time. time so for some of, those, some of these guys, I remember, I can't remember what book it was. There was some book where like the traitors come out and they think it's been like ten years. Yeah, and it's been like obviously ten thousand years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not that weird to think that. Um, the Consecrators chapter, one of the successor chapters of the Dark Angels that inherited much of the original Dark Angel Legion's equipment during the Second Founding, um, actually avoid the use of any suits of armor newer than Mark Six. Uh, so they appear on the battlefield as Space Marine Legions of those legendary days of the Horus Heresy. Mm, I like that. So, yeah, really interesting. So if you're really into the Heresy Marks and collect Dark Angels, there's a way in. You could do an army where it makes a lot of sense to have Mark 1, 2, 3 uh, floating around all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that stuff. I think um, I like how bits of armor can still be seen. And like Chaos Guys as well. There's a really cool thing in there with um, if you collect Chaos Space Marines, actually some of those Heresy plastic kits mm. would make really good um, kit bashing opportunities. Well, I was thinking the other day, I was like, what's stopping me, obviously with my 20-man Assault Marines, what's stopping me just having two 10-man Assault uh, Marines? I mean, nothing, because no one is going to be like that, at least in our group. No. But technically, Mark IV's not really around, no. at least in full. Yeah. So it's that kind of idea, especially the jump pack. Like Technically, if you magnetise all the jump packs yeah. and put... 40k ones on for example <laughs> and maybe had like uh the yeah, beaky heads I get what you're like, saying. yeah 
a mix is more common. Yeah. Or just newer version of armor. Yeah. Um, right, here, here we come. This is something that I just had to include before we go into the individual marks. The no helmet custom. All right, okay. So I hate this. I yeah. really hate yeah, this. Yeah, it, Even this whole segment, everything I could find about the fact that Space Marines, especially sergeants' characters, don't wear helmets. Even there's a subtext of, yeah, this is stupid, right? So it's fairly common to see a Space Marine in combat without his helmet, especially among sergeants and officers. The dumb ones. Uh, yep. Uh, the heroes, Sam. It, it's, um, it's Right, what better way to pick way, out this is our leader? Let, let me get through. Let me get through. And many Astartes choose to remove their helmet when there is no immediate danger present. I mean, that's yeah, when fair enough. That's when snipers are going to hit, but fine. Well, yeah. I mean, Franz Ferdinand, that's all. all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite the added risk this pr- practice presents, or perhaps because of that added danger, many Astartes see this practice as an honourable act of courage and even defiance to the Emperor's enemies. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the absence of a helmet does mean that the Astartes lose the auto-senses that are housed within its armour. So those space marines who favour this custom often utilise earpieces or ocular enhancement devices, either as temporary additions or bionic replacements. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to wear a helmet, but get rid of one of my normal eyes and give me a robot eye so it's like I'm wearing a helmet. <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. We're with me right now. Uh, in addition to the loss of the suit's autosenses, a space marine who chooses not to wear his helmet in combat cannot take advantage of the suit's environmental and life support systems, which means that his custom, uh, sorry, that this custom of not wearing a helmet cannot be indulged in during combat in a vacuum or hostile atmosphere. So, again, space marines have uh, reserve lungs, yeah. so they can survive in a vacuum for an amount of time. Yeah, it's not that long. Not like a whole warfare, but yeah. a space marine holding his breath with like the hour, extra, right? yeah, with like the that. extra lung. It's yeah. a long time. Yeah, it's not like days, not days, like weeks no. or something like. Um, when the helmet is off, the suit's vox link will, uh, while still usable through transceivers implanted in the armor's collar, um, can provide audio tr- transmission only instead of the pictographic and videographic transmissions that are also possible when the helmet is worn. So you're like lessening your ability to command at that point. Yep. Like you can't see video evidence or pictures of terrain. You can just hear what people are saying. You can't look at hollow maps. Can't like, look at... Yeah. Like, just, it's yeah. so strange. Um, and Astartes uh, commanding his fellow battle brothers in the field will often find their respect and unit cohesion enhanced due to the pride that they take in their leader's unflinching willingness to face increased risk. No. Like, you know, all right, the men around you think you're cool. It's basically that point. Like, that <laughs> argument's stupid. If you're commanding an entire battlefield to Put go, well, on. my guys think I'm cool. Just well, the guys that can't see you would really appreciate you having a helmet. I'm sure you're going to be really, really cool when your brain is on the other side of the ship. Yeah, well, it's not even the danger of death. Like, it fully is. But the the things we've just covered, like, they lessen your ability to... Lead, certainly, but also to like know what's going on in your own body. Like, yeah, your stims are going to work still and everything, but you can't see the visual life support systems. Do you have no? You're like, oh, I'm bleeding. I don't know how bad it is because I've been (laughs) there's blood coming out. Yeah, I've I've been given a load of morphine, so I can't really feel anything in that area. So I'm just going to keep going. Whereas your life support would say, 
if you keep going without patching this up, you're gonna die. Like I don't know, it just seems silly. Counterpoint though, right? Among the Astartes is the Space Wolves, who are the most fervent practitioners of this custom. That's because their hair doesn't fit. <laughs> In their case, it is no mere show of courage, as the Canix Helix gifts them with a uh, acute sense of smell, rivaling that of the natural wolves and trained scent hounds that you find on Fenris or elsewhere. Uh, many space wolves are able to follow their targets or the very flow of battle, thanks to minute minute sorry, minute <laughs> thanks to minute changes in scent when fighting helmetless. The space wolves consider the added risk of a well-placed sniper shot to the head acceptable when equated with the ability to send ambushes or the very moment an enemy will break or charge. And I, I think that's got the most viable argument. It's still, I still don't necessarily agree. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But at least, you know, I understand like, yeah, okay, we're, we're highlighting, yes, we could get shot by a sniper or whatever. But actually, I know that on the other side of that ridge is an enemy force that I can't see because I can smell them. Whereas a helmet would dampen that. Yeah, but don't they also have their little leather skull caps? The leather skull cap's obviously a great way to protect yourself from being beheaded by a sniper rifle. Not that many of them wear leather skull caps. <laughs> In 30k. Yeah, well, that's the death they're all, sworn. They're all over the place. That's like one unit, just people spread it out everywhere. Insane. I, I, yeah, fine. Um, the habit of gaining information about a situation by scent is so natural to the space wolves that many feel slightly disorientated and claustrophobic when forced by circumstances to don their helmets. That's a more natural thing, though, right? Yeah, like, I get that. that like, again, you're... I'm not trying to defend it, but like, no, no, no. Like, because I agree with you, but at least for a space wolf, I put this helmet on, I feel like I've lost something that I naturally have. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. an ultramarine or a raven guard or whatever, having their helmet off makes not that much sense because they're not gaining anything; they're just losing. Yeah, I, I do get it to a certain point. The whole, oh, isn't that guy cool because he's not wearing a helmet and isn't it an affront to the enemies of the Imperial? I just think it's, it's kind of stupid. I, I. I, I kind of get it. it is until he gets shot in the head. <laughs> like they're, they're, I guess there comes a point where all right, conflict's over or there's we've we've got this city, let's take the helmet off so I can actually have a conversation yeah, yeah. with my men rather than or through Voxlink. I think when you see... So the annoying thing when people run their sergeants about helmets, especially in 30K, most of the boxes come with a, 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 uh, he, a helmetless Yeah, and if head. they only come with 10 or 5, yeah. you've got this... I had that problem with my Ultramarines that I use for my breaches. Right. Because uh, I bought the Ultramarine upgrade heads. You get nine helmets and yeah. one without a helmet. Yeah. So I ended up using a normal plastic Mark IV helmet, but yeah. the one with the horizontal crest yeah, yeah. to represent my sergeant so that I had them all helmeted. Yeah, and, and, and perhaps this comes from the days when we used to play Space Hulk <laughs> with, with our friend John, and, and the idea was if, you're, if, you're, if your model didn't have physically be modelled with a helmet... And or there a respirator. Was a, or a respirator, and there was a hull breach, then your model would die instantly, yeah. regardless of how many wounds you got, regardless of how much um, toughness you got left. Um, you would die instantly because you can't breathe in, uh, in outside space. Like, it, it's... Yeah, and I, that was too far down the other way in some ways because yeah. you have a limited amount of time. Maybe you could go and block that hole, and then you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a I, space marine, for, for <laughs> me, it's just I, I don't get, and 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 I actually would really love to see some more of the Primarchs with helmets on. Like, mm. I'd love to see Sanguinius's helmet. Yeah, and they've all got them, right? 
I'm yeah. pretty sure. You like to think Sangria um, has a helmet. I'm pretty sure they've all got helmets as part of their armor. Um, Maybe uh, one or two don't. Well, there's no helmet on. Sanguinius, um, but yeah. not. Oh, sorry. There's not. I mean, not, in the, in law, like maybe their armor didn't ever come with one because yeah. they it was built for them and they never wore one. Yeah, and but maybe I'm, I'm sh- pretty sure I've seen pictures of the lion with a helmet. Yeah. Um. I. F- uh, I mean, Gulliman at least in 40k now has a helmet. Yeah, because he carries it in his um, crook of his arm, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it might be even on the model of 30k, but he's not wearing it. No, no. But he's kind of giving them. It feels like he's giving a bit of an inspirational speech. Yeah. So he's not. Like needing a helmet at that point, I'd like to maybe think that he would stick one on. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Russ doesn't wear one because of obviously the scent thing and everything, and all the hair, um, and all the hair. Well, how's he going to fit uh, that hair on? Well, you just have it hanging out the bottom, right? No, that's um, not. How does it auto seal? Like, how does it seal the Primarchs are even more? They can just fight in space. Yeah, Primarchs are like Vulcan does it, doesn't he? Yeah, well, yeah Vulcan yeah. doesn't have a respirator well, and he falls to the earth. Yeah, like, but Vulcans are in a perpetual. Yeah, Vulcan can't die. Vulcan, Vulcan's my man. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Let's move on because yes, we, yeah, we're, 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 we're rambling. We're yeah. rambling. So uh, I'm going to start by doing Mark One. Start at the beginning of the the, the nine slash ten different versions. Uh, so Mark One plate was developed by the Techno Barbarian factions found on Terra prior to the Emperor's ascendance. When the Emperor began his conquest of Earth, the Thunder Warriors um, were the first proto Space Marine. Um, uh, space marine type people uh, where well, they were armoured in the same way as the soldiers of other, war, other, other warlords. Uh, a thunderbolt and lightning symbol were displayed on the breastplate of the warrior. This was the personal badge of the emperor in those days. The emblem gives the suit the common name, Thunder Armour. Yep. Uh, although it would be lightning not... Yeah, it's known as Thunder Armour. Yeah, Thunderbolt lightning. Anyway. Um, thunder Armour was, was not an enclosed suit, so as a consequence offered no life support functions. Uh, which makes sense uh, as not really being needed to fighting when confined to terror and other similar environments. The early armor was produced on a completely local basis uh, and as such, individual suits varied heavily with their exact designs and were often a matter of personal taste rather than Mm. uniformity. Um, The main part of the armor is a massive powered torso, which encloses the chest and the arms. Uh, Energy cables beneath the armor plating transmits power from the power pack on the back to the arms and greatly increase physical strength by a factor of three or four times. Uh, since fighting on terror during this period was primarily uh, close quarters rather than bolt guns, um, the strength of warriors' chest and arms was was of most importance. And the legs of the armor um, in Mark One was typically not power armored um, at all, and uh, but enclosed in tough padded trousers because uh, who doesn't need padded leather trousers? <laughs> um, very medieval. This feels very medieval. Uh, the best equipped warriors, probably the the richest of the warlords, would would. Um, allow their warriors to wear armoured greaves or armoured boots mm. just, just to offer that additional protection which was common um, uh, amongst the, for- uh, the Thunder Warriors uh, as the Emperor has all the money in the world. Um, as with all power armour, the, arm- the power supply is contained with a notably bulky back-mounted unit. Uh, although it is very rarely used in 41st Millennium, some suits of th- Thunder armour are maintained, maintained for ceremonial, ceremonial purposes this ancient style of armor is notably noisier than later marks. It's, it's very proto, almost. Um, I imagine it almost is just giving the extra strength to the wearer um, and some protection. Uh, some protection, some bullet protection. I kind of thought of it like Elysium, you know, the movie Elysium, oh, okay, where he's yeah. got the the um, the augmentics on his arms to help him be stronger yeah. and run faster and stuff. Actually, walk. I think because he thinks he's in a wheelchair, so he's, he can't walk. Mm. Um, 
but I, I, that's how I imagined it. Rather than it being this whole uh, come shoot a nuclear missile at me and I'll be fine type armor, it's more just giving them the extra edge over other warriors. Mm. Um, but that's Mark One. So Mark Two is Crusade armor, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you got to start somewhere. So after the conquest of the main planets of the Sol system, the factories on Mars were set to work constructing a new type of armor for the Emperor's elite Space Marines. So we got Space Marines now. Uh, this armored suit is commonly referred to as Crusade armor since it was designed with the planned Great Crusade in mind. Uh, its production led to the Thunder, the Thunder armor being retroactively designated as the Mark I. That's how it becomes Mark I when you have a Mark II. Um, <laughs> it was the first fully enclosed power armor with life-sustaining capabilities. So that's like the first upgrade, really, they made. Yep. Um, Crusade armor is fully plated, and the legs are also power armored. Um, the plates are arranged in articulated hoops for increased maneuverability. The chest coils, which were kept on the outside of the armor plating on Mark I, um, for the cooling purposes, have now been placed on the inside of the chest so that they're better protected thanks to the more efficient cooling mechanisms. Uh, however, this design could not be copied over the new powered armored legs, um, which resulted in exposed cabling on the backs of the lower legs. Uh, the backpack is roughly the same size as that on the Mark I armor, but it's much more efficient and also includes extra life support, air recycling and fluid recovery equipment, um, as well as an automated medical devices that have remained as part of the Space Marine armor ever since. Have you noticed that they don't really pay attention to the legs in a lot of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, legs aren't really a thing that's needed to fight. Yeah, no. Like, let's give them some padded trousers. That's just trousers. getting you there, right? Like, and, and as long as they're facing the enemy then they're fine in this yes, suit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. As long as they don't sort of turn their backs on them. They're not going to turn their backs. They're space marines. Well, are they space marines at this point? Yeah. This is the first lot of space marines. Oh, uh, okay. This is pre-Primarchs. Uh, this is kind of, yeah, pre-found Primarchs. The helmet is fitted with automatic sensory devices developed on Mars, which allow the wearer to see and hear as though not wearing a helmet. Which is good. Doesn't muffle any sound. No. Um, since all information is transmitted to a computer in the helmet before being transmitted directly to the wearer's brain via neural link, it enhances sight and hearing while dampening blinding lights and deafening noises. Uh, the wearer is also able to see in infrared and ultraviolet spectrums images that can be zoomed in and magnified while noises can be enhanced. Uh, Mark II armour is believed by many to still be the most efficient example of power armour design. They kind of got it right. Pretty much first go, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, which is pretty good. Um, although with the caveat that the overlapping hooped armour plates are difficult to repair, it can still be found in operational use in extremely limited numbers among several Space Marine chapters. And on to Mark III. Mark III. So this model dates from the Wars of the Great Crusade. Many of the world's... Um, that were, were first attacked in the Great Crusade were of squat homeworlds, which were not pleased to find themselves the object of a galactic conquest. Uh, the squats, independent and stubborn nature, along with the conditions of the fighting, spurred on the creation of the new armour type, uh, Mark III. This armour was, uh, was ideal when cover was minimal and combat was a matter of frontal assault. The most vital, brutal, uh, the most visually brutal and imposing of all the widely produced armour marks the iron armor was uh, a heavy, modified Mark II design, itself the first mass-produced power armor of the Crusade era. Uh, the iron armor's um, the iron armor structure has augmented, augmented frontal defenses and incorporates additional ablative plates. 
Uh, and this is intended foremost for the use of boarding actions, tunnel assaults, and void warf- uh, warfare. Yep. Although it is considerably heavier and more power hungry than other marks, the new helmet design is a heavily armored model uh, with sloping plates des- to designed to deflect shots to the left and the right. It inspired the Mark IV and Mark VI helmet designs. Mark III was never intended to replace the previous Mark, but to act as an optional suit specialized for situations where heavier frontal protection would be advantageous, such as close confines of spacecraft, mining complexes. Because of this, no Legion was ever fully equipped with Mark III. Mm. While successful in its conditions, uh, in the conditions it was designed for, the armor was too clumsy and uncomfortable for conventional fighting. It is sometimes worn by ceremonial guards during, uh, due to its visual brutality and can also still be found used in close quarters situations by various Space Marine chapters. So I actually have Mark III in my um, Blood Angels forces uh, for my uh, heavy weapons teams. Oh, yes. Because it's heavier and it's more what I'd consider more brutal. Just imposing. More imposing yeah. and, and have that ability to, to withstand heavier fire in my eyes. Mm. Um, so I gave it to the to them. Yeah. And if you're a Legion that has only Mark III in your list, you need to change it up. <laughs> yeah. Technically, it wasn't everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I've seen it before. Like It's quite uh, Iron Warriors and Iron Hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of heavier, clunkier units. Yeah, and, and who knows? They may have they may have uh, preferenced that style of armor yeah. as, as as they are, obviously, Siege Warfare and stuff. But I, I think you're right. I don't think it will be everyone in it because no. tax squads don't want to be slow and don't want to be... No. Um, and the, the what not annoys me because that sounds really privileged. Um, the What I don't understand is people have it as the jump pack armor. Yes, it's meant to be the heaviest armor, and we'll just slap a turbine on the back, and now you can yeah, yeah, fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark IV is definitely much better for that, and we'll go into that that in a second. I mean, if you have a list that's made of Mark III, I'm kind of poking fun rather than saying you're doing it wrong, just because legions are huge. Yeah, and your list is not the legion. No, so it's just the the part of the legion where they're all in Mark III for some reason. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like. Um, heresy lists that do have a mix of armor yeah so because like, that's how it was so i've got um uh the mark mark some mark four some mark three uh so i've got majority mark four um some mark three yeah and then um obviously my artificial type armor i've been using sangria in regards just to give it a bit <laughs> of a visual visual difference between uh the different marks of armor yeah definitely yeah i quite like having a little bit of mix just so it's not all the same so next is the Mark IV Maximus armor. At the end of the Great Crusade, the Space Marines found their armor wearing out. While some legions chose to continue local production and maintenance, the Mechanicum on Mars started to design a new variant of centralized issue. Um, and this was designated the Mark IV or Imperial Maximus suit. At the Mark IV stage of the power armor development, the Space Marine armor began to take on an appearance recognizable as contemporary power armor. The main change being the abandonment of the separate uh, abutting plates in favour of larger, inflexible armour casings, incorporating flexible joints. Because if you imagine the Mark III power armour, it's just overlapping plates yes. sitting there, isn't it? So it's more about, I guess, the, the, the heavier. And you think about the chest, it's, it's those hanging plates to protect yeah, yeah. The, um, the abdomen. Yeah, and probably easier to replace because it's like that plate's damaged, but all the others are kind of scratched up there. Or yeah, I, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, again, very similar to a lot of medieval type armor. Yeah. Um, whereas this is actually kind of hinders movement, but gives better full over protection. Mm. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm just going to go on, um, and search for Mark 
Um, it's also easier to kind of maintain because it's just one big piece. You know, like yeah. you can just replace a leg or fill piece. that hole or, or fill whatever, that hole, yeah. rather than intricate taking apart of plates. Mm. Um, uh, technical secrets recovered on newly conquered worlds allowed Mars to develop the more efficient armor, improving the quality of protection while still reducing the suit's weight at the same time. Uh, improved armoring of the power cables allowed the main arm and chest supply to be safely relocated to the exterior of the armor. Uh, while the use of new material reduced the size and number of cables. Mark IV armor was envisioned at the time to be the ultimate and final type of Space Marine armor, able to offer the best protection in a variety of conditions. Many of the Space Marine legions were entirely or partially re-equipped with it. And this is why it's kind of the most common in the heresy. Yeah. Um, uh, although the order of which legions received the armor was shortly proved to be of significance. As a result of its widespread production and use prior to and during the Horus Heresy, Mark IV suits are the most common of the pre-heresy armor marks still in service during the 41st millennium also. Uh, notably, a few chapters such as the Red Scorpions and Iron Hands are still capable of producing new Mark IV suits in the 41st millennium. Yeah. Um, the round nozzles on either side of the backpack, this is kind of the very contemporary, what we know about our 41st millennium space marine. Yeah. You know, the kind of pauldron down jet yeah. things. Um, this is the first time you see them. And they're not only for heat resetting, but also could be used as stabilizer jets for zero gravity conditions. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. So I'm yeah. looking at You know, it. the kind of normal Space Marine backpack, really. Yeah. But obviously in Mark 2 and 3, it they have the Sideway like, four now. sideways out. Yeah, yeah. More cylinder-like. Okay. That's cool. I like that. So, uh, Mark 5. Um, so many nipples. Which I thought was really <laughs> weird. Um, but then actually learning about it a bit more, they're, they're bolts holding on additional plates mm. or, or plates. So actually it makes more sense now. I just thought it was a, the more nipples, the more senior you are. Um, so Mark V came out, uh, the, the equipping of Mark V was really complete while the Horus Heresy broke out. Um, so the many of the legions that had been fully equipped with Mark V, uh, Mark V armor, I don't know, I put Mark IV. Uh, no, I put Mark IV. No, that is right. Way. That is right. Mark IV was given to most of the traitors first because they were the ones closest. And Horace was in charge of getting it out. So they all got the new armor. Yeah. And then the heresy broke out. So loads of loyalists couldn't get it. Yeah. So they had to, they were still operating with the Mark 2 and 3. Right. So that's, that's all correct. Uh, so many of the legions that had just been fully equipped with Mark 4 armor turned against the Imperium, while many of the loyal legions have been deliberately starved on access to it uh, and remain operating the older Mark 2 and Mark 3. Additionally, even the legions equipped with Mark IV suits quickly found themselves low on spare parts and unable to manufacture replacement units. The war damage, uh, with war, damage and mobile operations, resupply for demanding equipment was difficult or impossible. Marine uh, artificers and tech marines had to use old-style equipment from older models to keep the legions fighting, as well as salvage from the slain enemies and unorthodox innovations of their own. This ad hoc assembly, uh, assemblage of various armor mark segments, including new or unofficial design elements, being created by multiple legions, resulting in an entirely new mark of armor being accidentally created. These previously non-standard emergency stopgap designs were uh, retrospective, 
retroactively themed as uh, Mark V. Once production of the Mark IV was halted and the design uh, for the Corvus armor Mark VI was uh, was finalized, uh, some form of standardization across Mark V suits is notable. Despite their apparent random creation and individual varied origins, all sorts of improvised additional armour can be seen in the Mark V suits. But the most common technique was to affix additional layers of armour with the aforementioned molecule bonding studs, or nipples. Um, <laughs> uh, this relatively quick and simple technique effectively added another ablative layer to marine armoured suits. Yeah. The extra weight this generated would prove considerable, However, um, was with with which placed a strain on power supplies, as the additional extra power generation sources and cabling would just require more armor plating, catching the de- uh, catching the design in a circle. Uh, the wearer of the suit was still forced to either deal with additional weight or turn up the power output for the backpack, but suffer extreme ha- heat output, which not only would prove uncomfortable and even compromising in certain situations. Uh, and in many cases, older heavy power armor cabling was used, which created a weak point on the chest. Many Mark V suits ended up featuring an unusual helmet design appropriated from supplies generated by tactical dreadnought armour program. This spin-off of helmet featured similar levels of improved auto senses, as the Terminator suits did offer that, but was still found to, be in- to interfere with those Mark IV suits. Uh, Mark V would be the most common armour mark visible during the Horus Heresy, um, but by its nature, it's mar- as a mark resulting directly from the concerns of the Galactic Civil War, as a result, the Mark V is commonly called the heresy suit and is distinguished by the molecule bonding studs often seen uh, on areas such as the helmet, shoulder pads and greaves, uh, nipples. Uh, few Imperial Space Marines are ever seen in Mark V suits today as the Loyalist chapters either broke these suits up um, for spares or purposely destroyed them after the heresy was over. So these, uh, effectively, Mark V is the stopgap between mm. we've been equipped with Mark IV but we can't resupply when stuff breaks um, so we have to use two and three yeah. to almost make Mark Yeah, we've five. got this unused two and three to all knot this stuff together. Yeah. And we're doing that so often that we've basically accidentally created, created a, mark. a mark. Which was, yeah. uh, let's put on extra. Because if you think about um, these suits have to deal with bolter, bolt rounds mm-hmm. um, being uh, being shot at them, which was never done before because obviously Marines didn't kill Marines. No, um, not until Mark Four. Not until Mark Four. Um, so with these, they had to deal with the fact that we need to put extra plates yeah. on um, in order to survive being shot at by our own weapons. But now it's too heavy. But now it's too heavy, <laughs> so we have to turn the heat, the, the power generation up, which causes more heat, which then causes it to be uncomfortable and makes yeah, it more heavy. Yeah, that whole circle. Yeah. It's, it's really cool mark, actually. Yeah. Knowing it's the most common makes me want to have some, like for my ultramarine tacticals. Yeah. But the only problem is it's still a fully resin-only kit. Is it? Oh. Yeah, there's no plastic. It's just Mark Four and Mark Three in plastic. It'd be yeah. really cool to have Mark V plastic. Do they do Mark V? Yeah, unfortunately, I think Forge World do Mark V. Uh, I, I don't. I can't imagine it. I just because I know Mark the Mark. IV, You've definitely seen it before. Yeah, the Mark IV greaves have loads of. Uh, they on like one leg. They have yeah. the studs, or on just a knee joint, or yeah. yeah. See, I don't. Do you paint those? Yeah. See, I don't. I just leave them as the same color. Like, I don't pick them out. I'll Maybe pick I should pick them out. out. Yeah, they do look. They do change something. Uh, breaks up the armor color I find yeah is it mark 5 mark V mark V oh okay so they're just like heavy, just heavier yeah it's, it's the the assault squads isn't it with the two jetpack two turbines on the back the um, they've mark yes. 5 space marine assault squads that's cool yeah 
could be on next assault squad. Probably won't do that. No. <laughs> it might be cool to have some mixed in. Would look really weird having the single jets and double jets. Yeah, well, I was just saying you could have one unit of single jets and one unit of double jets. Yeah. We like uniformity, don't we? That's I like uniformity. I love the fact that this exists in the law. Yeah. Because it actually, yeah, there are you know guys that are going into a battle with pure Mark Four, and then the next battle they've got this grieve and... made Mark Five. You know. Yeah. Um, I've I've guess I've got some of these accidentally. So some of my Night Lords that I've converted up um, have like Mark Three arms and things like that. Okay. Where I didn't have the right arm to have a power sword rather yeah, than yeah. a bolter or whatever. Like I've grabbed bits from the bits box and actually... So you've accidentally made some made Mark, Mark V. Five. Yeah. Wow, homebrew home Mark V. There you go. Uh, uh, on Mark to Mark VI. Yeah. The Beakies. The Corvus. I'm yeah. guessing this is because of... Um, what's he called? Dark Corvus. Emo Boy. Yes, it is indeed. They are known as the Beaky Marines. This is where our pointy heads come from. Uh, at the end of the production of the Mark IV armor, a long-term research project began to replace it. Uh, as this remained a theoretical endeavor for some time, it led to the production of the Corvus suit as a stopgap measure using a mixture of new and old features. So technically, this isn't even the original game for the replacement of Mark IV. Yeah. But they just... Things are moving too quickly. Uh, the Mark IV prototype... Sorry, the Mark VI prototype design was field-tested during the Scaland campaign by legionnaires of the Raven Guard, uh, whose experiences and comments resulted in improved design, uh, sorry, improved design features that finalised the armour mark as Mark VI. Mm. Um, it offered no better protection levels than the Mark IV, but incorporated more efficient internal systems where power routing and uh, auto-sense were concerned. The power systems were given backup redundancies with no increase in weight, while auditory sensors were improved. Additionally, the armor uh, featured the best stealth capabilities of all power armor marks so far, um, as well as a new method of compartmentalizing components that allowed them to be swapped out with pieces from previous marks with ease, meaning that you kind of get rid of the whole messy Mark V stuff. The studded left shoulder pad, however, was taken from the previous Mark V pattern, um, which commemorates the glory of those heroes who stood at the Eternity Gate alongside the Emperor himself in the defence of Terra. The finalised armour mark was named Corvus Armour in honour of Corvus Corax, Primarch's, uh, Primarch of the Raven Guard, and the first sets of it shipped to the Raven Guard Legion ahead of all other Loyalist Legions. In recognition not only for their role in the design process, but of the sacrifices made by the Raven Guard during the Dropsite Massacre and their determination to rebuild and rejoin the fight against Horus, the Great Betrayer. Uh, the Mark VI features clean, sleek lines due to the uh, routing of power cables under the exterior armour plate. Um, the abdominal covering of these was one of the suggestions made by the Raven Guard. And the increased sloping of the helmet design the left shoulder armour features the telltale molecular bonding studs of Mark V armour. Uh, the initial suits did indeed use the ablative technique pioneered by the Mark V suits. Uh, the Alpha Legion, this is a little bit of an interesting side note, the Alpha Legion was able to acquire small numbers of Corvax armour and modified it according to their Legion's own needs and built it in secret and created the Corvus Alpha pattern 
of Corvus armor, um, which they used openly during the Horus Heresy. Uh, Chaos Space Marines can be seen in this armor despite its association with Imperial Space Marines. They captured a significant quantity of the suits on Mars during the Heresy, as well as Mechanicum production facilities, and were therefore able to produce their own Mark VI suits. So, looking at the Forge World site, the Alpha Legion Headhunter Kill Team, they are in Beaky Heads. Yeah. So that's obviously the... That's cool. I like that. Yes. The sneaky Alpha Legion stealing stuff. Um. So the Beaky ones, I'm guessing the beaks on the helmets are also to help deflect, uh, deflect headshots. Yes, send bullets left, right. And obviously make them a lot more aerodynamic when they run silently. Yes. Hmm, I like that. I like that. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Mark 7. So Mark 7, uh, nice and quick, uh, also known as the Aquila Imperator or the Eagle Armour, was developed during the Horus Heresy and remains in use as the most common form of power armour 10,000 years later. Because obviously we haven't done any upgrades since, no. uh, since the Heresy. Uh, while the final battle of Mars was underway, the Imperium released the planet. Uh, sorry, the Imperium realized the planet would eventually be lost. While the final battle of Mars is underway, the Imperium realized the planet would eventually be lost. Armor development teams were transferred to Earth to continue, incorporating their latest work into the armor type that would soon become Mark VII. As Mars fell to Horus, the new armor began reaching the Space Marines on Terra and Luna. Mark VII's main improvement is the newly designed chest pol- uh, plustron which uh, covers the chest and arm cabling. The chest bears the Imperial Eagle, giving the armor its commonly named uh, Imperator Eagle or Eagle armor. Uh, This mark abandons the studded shoulder plates and replaces the helmet as Mark VII is the development of Mark VI. Both have a great deal in common and parts from one mark were readily interchangeable with parts from the other, like the helmet. Indeed. Uh, So Mark VII is what we've got now? Uh, No, eight. Oh, we're on eight now, aren't we? Eight is the standard marine. Standard marine. So Mark. I mean, seven. there's, there's, as we've been talking about, there's m- multiple out there, but eight is the kind of standard marine one that's being pumped out. Right. Which technically isn't really being pumped out anymore now. <laughs> yeah. So Mark Seven doesn't exist to have in the game, does it? Uh, I don't not yet. Think but we're so. not, at te- we're not at Terra yet. So, in theory, this hasn't it'll happened. Be, yeah, in it'll before. be interesting mm. to see if they do it. If they start bringing out marines, because obviously they're on Luna and and whatnot, mm. and it would make sense to upgrade. And yeah. hey, if they bring out a couple more squads of that, then more to buy. Mm. So the Mark VIII Errant, um, this suit itself is a highly modified Mark VII uh, with additional fixed armor plates on the torso that now enclose all of the suit's cables. Yeah, seven Marks, now they're all inside. <laughs> I mean, it's not for me, it seems like that's the first thing to do. You wouldn't have like the fuel the fuel lines on the outside yeah, of the car. But I guess they're made of like space metal, so the cabling's not exactly gonna get cut open yeah. easily and stuff. And think about it, you have fuel lines running along the um the chassis of a car sometimes, so yeah. it wouldn't be that far away, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There's a um, giant hole under the engine in the car as well. Yes, like it's not completely true. completely no, sealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Uh, the Mark VIII also had a new armoured collar which protects the helmet's respirator. Uh, this also addressed the vulnerability issues of the neck joint which had been known to add to the shell trap, a round that could hit the chest armour and be def- uh, deflected up into the neck joint. The new collar required a new helmet design which caused problems for backward compa- compatibility with earlier helmet types. 
that Mark 8 Armour has only seen limited production thus far and is seen in limited numbers of... Oh, okay, I thought this was the main one. Yeah. Uh, seen in limited numbers on the battlefields of the 41st Millennium. Often it is worn by veteran space marines as a symbol of rank. That's interesting. So it must be Mark 7 then. So, so everyone has Mark 7. I'm getting ahead of myself. So Mark 8... I could see the pictures, I probably would have got that. Yeah. Mark 8 looks like... Hang on, it's, it's, I know the one, so it's got okay. uh, a heightened collar. Yeah, here you go. I think you get it in the command set. Yes, so, so you get that in the um, Space Marine command box. Right, okay. With like the champion and the banner and the apothecary, that set. You get some sets in there. So maybe Mark 7 is the normal one that we normally use for I our think that's right. Marines. Yeah. And then Mark 8 is the almost heavy armoured version of that. Which then takes us on to uh, Mark 10 because we don't have Mark 9 because the iPhone came out and now everything's cool to go straight to 10 rather than the rest of the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mark 10 is the Mark uh, 10 Tacticus armor. Uh, it's a suit that combines the most effective elements from uh, ancestral Horus Heresy patterns of plate with more recent developments in the power armor technology. So Mark 10 was developed by Magos Belisarius Call, who did everything for, for more than day Indeed. Uh, 40k. Uh, at the same time um, when he was doing the Primaris Marines. These suits are currently carried into battle by Primaris Space Marines during the unfolding uh, Indominus Crusade, which is that finished now? Or um, still carrying I think on? that's still running, right? Uh, Mark 10 is a design more versatile than its predecessors. There is no single uh, appellation and design, but instead a modular system of ceramite plating that can be adjusted for the multitude of tactical roles, from scouting to the reconnaissance capabilities of the Phobos pattern all the way, up to the heavy uh, Grievous pattern worn by the aggressor squads. Gravis. Gravis patterns worn by the uh, aggressor squads. Mark 10 has a number of different variants, such as the Gravis uh, heavy armor used by commanders, aggressor squads, and, and the jump pack capable variant used by the interceptor squads. The Gravis pattern Mark 10 is more heavily protected and allows a level of protection near Terminator armor, but with the flexibility of standard designs a lighter jump pack uh, and grav shoot equipped variant of the Gravis pattern known as the Omnis pattern is utilized by the Vanguard suppress squads. Uh, another variant of Mark 10 is the Mark 10 Reaver and Phobos pattern. The suit lighter weight, ceramite and streamlined design allows for the greater mobility, mobility and its servo motors are engineered to, completely, to be, be completely silent. The design, however, sacrifices protection for stealth uh, and speed. As their name suggests, they are used by Reaver squads and Vanguard space marine squads. Mark 10 also allowed for the utilization of a new breed of weaponry such as the bolt rifles, assault bolters, bolt storm gauntlets, and auto bolt rifles and plasma incinerators. Basically, and more to come. And more to come <laughs> when they invent them. Um, so basically, this is like the new jump forwards that allow mm. Space Marines to be, what, Initiative 5? Um, two wounds. Two wounds. Are they still three upstairs? Yeah, they it can't are, be right? two up. Can the it? Gravis is probably a two up. I maybe. don't know. Yeah, it's maybe. commanders and uh, the well, they aggressors with the big guns. Right? Do you feel like we've slipped behind with the Primaris Marines? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like, I, I don't really know where we. The problem we've got is we have fallen out slightly with our forty k stuff. Yeah, we've been focusing on heresy for a couple of years now, really. Yeah, and um, that's been really fun, and I'm loving that. Um, but because of just that way we've focused yeah a lot of this stuff has passed us by i just it's just so much like maybe i'm getting old but it's just so yeah. complicated now i i, I kind of liked the fact that it was like futuristic historic and the 
that it didn't move forward. Yeah. I was never the voice going, I want more story. Like yeah. there's, There was plenty to tell without anything going forward. Don't get me wrong. I'm really enjoying the story element of it. Mm. Yeah. It's and, just, and it's just Cole sounds like a cool character. And, yeah. and, you know, like the Primarch's coming back. I'm not anti any of that. No, no. But I never felt I needed it. No. And now it's here. I'm like, okay, I now need to catch up and carry on catching up. Yeah, yeah. Because there's always stuff coming out. Yeah. And like that's that feels more work. Whereas Heresy, I feel like it's that set time. Indeed. I mean, Indeed. and I don't want to turn this even into a conversation <laughs> of Heresy versus 40K because I think we have been in danger of that in the last year or so, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, even our poll uh, that we did recently. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe we should just have a poll called 30k or 40k yeah yeah oh i don't know about that <laughs> um but but all this kind of yeah. new stuff and all this new armor it's really cool like and, and i've looked at it and it all the, looks the really models cool actually look amazing Do you know what i've always been a bit like uh not sure about a lot of the primaris stuff and then you see it in person and you go yeah i get it it yeah. works it works it looks really good absolutely and and looking at the um i'm just going to look at it now um but looking at just like all the extra like the fact you've got the the giant, they've slimmed so they've got they've slimmed down the armor for like the uh, infiltrators and cursors. They're still protected, so it's not like the scouts which just wore like leather trousers, a puffy shirt, and and two shoulder pads to protect them. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like these are scout marines. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then you've got obviously more the heavier armored stuff. Um, I don't know. It'll be cool eventually, maybe. Maybe I should just go and do a, like a standard space marine chapter in forty k. Mm. rather than have like a blood angel and yeah. just start again that would be quite cool to do then you can read up some cool fluff that you like and just go for it mm. that's not bad um i i do feel a little bit like that if you're a space marine player that kind of hasn't bought into the primaris stuff yet yeah you probably feel like what's the point of growing that right now yeah yeah like i i'm certainly like that with the like i have a unit of 10 reavers in my space wolf list right so i've kind of slightly gone that way yeah um and i i'm if you want me to kind of go i've based it roughly around this is literally the inception of the primaris marines yeah that's if i had to date my army list mm. so like ragnar was one of the first wolf lords to say yeah let's go for these guys even though they're not you know like from these parts um and reavers were the unit that he really utilized I mm. wanted some of those because of the law in my force. Um, but I haven't changed out my Grey Hunters for, you know, Primaris Grey Hunters. No. Because they haven't done that. They've just no. gone, these are intercessors. Yeah. And the history and the stuff of Grey Hunters, I don't want to lose that. No. So I haven't done it. But eventually when the Space Wolf Codex comes back around or eventually when they finally go, now you can have Primaris Grey Hunters, Primaris Blood Claws, everyone's primaris yeah yeah. that'll probably be the reset for me yeah yeah but until that point i kind of feel like i owe it to the the long history of gray hunters blood claws to have those units in my force yeah because i I suppose it's maybe different with space wolves to other chapters because they work so differently yeah um but yeah that's where i kind of stumble with the primaris stuff and i've also i've just seen on the games workshop site they've got uh, a set called armor through the ages Yes. Um, which is Mark 1, so the Thunder Warriors, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Like, I'd actually consider getting that yeah. and painting up Blood just Angels one dude, through. Right? Yeah, 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 there's yeah. one guy of each. And just painting up Blood Angels through that armor pattern. Right. Yeah, and then what, like hunting down a 6 and a 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an 8. That'd be quite cool. Then one Primaris guy. Yeah. 
I've got a Primark's diary. Yeah. Cool for display. Yeah. It's cool it's, once it's... once you've got your own gaming shed. Yes. That's when you should do it. Mm. Yes, indeed. Anyway, that was a nice little tangent away. So that was uh, the armor through the ages. Most importantly, though, comes to the question of <laughs> which power armor would you love to have to cosplay? Oh, okay. I like how you've done it kind of real world. Yeah, yeah, because obviously we're not there. Um, and we, we would die instantly as humans. In the, well, we'd yeah, be yeah, servitors yeah. in that like 10 minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah, if that. If that. Um, oh. Uh, I can go. One. So I'd really like the Mark III. Okay. The heavier plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like that yeah. style of armor. It and does the, look nice. And it's not just a... And I like the fact that further back, it wasn't a, we're impenetrable. Mm. Like it was, we have weaknesses in this armor. Yeah. I think I quite like the Corvus, you know? Yeah. The, it's the... just a bit different. And like the beaky helmet. And, you know, mm. I'd probably, if I was cosplaying, I'd probably try and cosplay as an assault marine. Yeah. And have some lightning claws, go full Raven Guard with it. It'd be Shrek. That'd be so good. Something like that. That'd be really fun. Um, but yeah, I think all the others kind of like, I think Mark IV, although it's clearly a heresy mark, is yeah. is that contemporary design. Mm -hmm. So it'd feel weird that you're not in the Indominus, like the Mark VII. Mm -hmm. um, it would be it would be so cool to have a suit of power armor just in your gaming shed. Yeah, <laughs> just be like, you know what? And you have to have a little bit. Like of people in have there. stormtroopers on stands. Exactly. Kind of I'd, thing. I'd have full on like wow. so the. Um, I'm sure people will make it for you. You want to pay the money. So the Iron Warrior cosplay. Mm. Uh, who? So he's actually thinking about it. He's probably got Mark, Mark Four. Uh, no, I think it's a Mark Three helmet, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is Mark yeah, Three. Yeah, faceplate. Yeah. Um, and and so obviously he he's on Instagram. For those who don't know, and and actually, um, my uncle takes photos for him. So I don't know why I haven't we haven't utilized that. Yeah. But he's got like stilts in. It's all made of like foam core. Yeah. It looks really cool. I we, should, we should get him on. We should get him on. We should see if we can get him on. And talk about cosplaying. Yeah. That'd be a cool part that we've never really. Discuss this before. No, no, no. Hmm. Uh, anyway, watch this space. Watch this space. <laughs> uh, so, what we do is we take a quick break, come back with our um, final segment, and see you soon. Yeah. Want to stroke Sam's ego so I don't have to as much? Then please leave the Adepsis Terror podcast an iTunes review if that's the platform in which you listen to them on. The reviews do help them to at least attempt to do better and it does make their little faces light up when they see the five stars. So do the right thing and leave them a review. Thank you. Am I done? No. Hello. So this is slightly weird. I'm on my own. Uh, we normally would be having a final segment. Uh, that should have been a painting one with Mark from Phosphine Studios it's a bit weird doing it on my own uh unfortunately we just didn't get timings right we couldn't get together we couldn't figure out when we were going to record and it just didn't happen so unfortunately uh although it's not something we want to do as a podcast um we are going to put the show out without a final segment um so obviously that's down to the lack of getting close together abilities so it's it's not something that's ideal or like i said something that we want but life happens right uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to close out the show on my own, uh, which is going to be really weird, sort of talking solely on my own and looking at the mirror opposite me. Uh, you're never really alone with the voices in your head, so it's okay. Uh, I 
what can you expect hobby-wise? So Matt, I'm guessing, won't listen to this part of the show. Uh, so Matt, hobby-wise, probably won't do anything and then blame his airbrush for not working. And then uh, pff, that's probably it. Neil will probably paint some non-GWIP uh, Marines. Not Marines, uh, what are they called? See, it's really hard when you have to come up with the answers to when you go what they're called and people normally fill it in. Um, but the clone troopers, the clo- the troopers from Star Wars, those things, um, he'll probably paint those. Uh, what am I going to do? I've been um, obviously working on my 30K, so I'm going to continue with those. I'm also massively pushed into doing some terrain. Um, I actually really quite enjoy painting terrain, so I'm going to get probably back on that and, and try and do more of that this month. Um I'm also working on a campaign with my good friend Simon um, for when we're out of lockdown. Uh, so I've been doing some creative writing, which isn't normally what something I do, um, and trying to figure out how and when we're going to be able to run this campaign together. Uh, it should feature Mechanicum and Blood Angels on my end and World Eaters on his end. Um, so I might do a little bit in a future episode about it, but I don't really know. Again, it's quite difficult when you're on your own. You can't really make these decisions. Um that's what we're probably going to get up to hobby-wise. A poll reminder for this month's poll. It's already up on the Facebook uh, community page, um, TAPCC. Uh, if you are not a member of the community safe room, um, then head on over to Facebook and just search the Adeptus Era podcast community safe room and we should come up. Um, if not, then just ping the um, Facebook group, uh, Facebook page a message and I'm sure we can somehow wizardry send you the link to the to the group. But it's pretty good. I enjoy it. It's nice to see everyone's work, see people update when they've painted models or haven't painted models or found something in the basement of models. Um, but it's a cool place to hang out. And at the moment, fingers crossed, it's it's been kind of cool and there's no real like blur people on there. You know, like people that blur and whine and bitch. I well, can't say bitch. Well, we'll leave it in and see what happens. Um, so it's been really good. So just head on over um, and you can take part in all our polls and show us what you've been working on. Uh, the poll for this month is the best Chaos Marines named character uh, with a model, um, but not necessarily just based on how good the model is, more around a um, bit of the fluff, bit of the model, bit of the in-game rules. Really, it's, it's the whole package for that Space Marine character. The options that you have is Abaddon, Typhus, Khan, Lucius, Aramon, uh, Fabi- uh, I can't say Fabulous Bile, a Bill now about, I can't say Fabius Bile without saying Fabulous Bill. Fab- uh, Fabius Bile, uh, Huron Blackheart, and Harkon Worldclaimer. Um, we've already put the poll up uh, before this episode went out, so it's already started having people comment and, and make their suggestions. So again, head on over to the Community Safe Room and, and let us know what you think. Next month, we'll be working on the 40K Book Club. Um, that's Soul Hunter. It's an Aaron Dremitsky bound book about the Night Lords. It's probably the sole reason Matt got into the Night Lords in the first place. Uh, so it's a pretty cool book, and I know that he certainly likes it. Um, let's, I mean, I'll try and to make it, make sure he doesn't fanboy over it too much, but come on over, listen to next month's episode, and you can hear what he really thinks. And then I'm not too sure what our other segments are going to be next month. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a segment where we make excuses for not really painting anything or playing games. Uh, a poll, um, the book club, and then the final segment, which will probably be us talking about something fun. Um, I know this is a massive letdown compared to our normal amazingness, and uh, 
the sound quality that we were getting because of this uh, during this show is, is quite a, a bit of a pain for me. Um, but thank you for sticking with us um, and uh, just dealing with all this stuff as it comes through. Also, I wanted to do a personal shout out for all of the key workers out there that are working hard to keep the country running uh, while we're all sheltering in place um, or hiding in old quarantined houses. Um, you guys rock. Now, this is a shorter episode, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to call out some other podcasts that I've been listening to, um, give you some idea to go listen to them. So the first up is Masters of the Forge, our NPC Brethren. Yes, a, na- a narrative podcast consortium Brethren. Um, and they have done a fantastic show on the medical uh, advances of the 40K universe. So looking at uh, not just in the Imperium, but also I think to Owl are in there. Um, go over there if you want to see the inside joke. So, um, And uh, another podcast I've been keeping up with recently is The Age of Empires, partly because Company Legends, partly because they push out premium content all the time. Like they put us to shame. They put out like six or seven episodes a day. Um, maybe not that much, but you get my you get my drift. And um, they're really cool. Go check them out. I've started listening to Greg Dan over the Imperial Truth as well. Proper throw myself into some um, heresy level podcasts, which is quite cool. Um, but those are the ones I've been have been on my podcast app at the moment. Um, definitely worth going and check it out. So last but not least. Um, I'm just going to plug the um, ha- hobby hangouts we've been running. So the next one is going to be, I'm going to quickly check my calendar without taking too long so I, it all flows into one big, nice, long story. It's going to be on the 31st of May, um, and uh, that's with me. I'm going to host that one and then just come out and paint some models. Um, I know Matt's one was pretty successful last weekend. Uh, they had 10-plus people trying to get in all the time, so that was quite cool. Um and uh, definitely a cool thing to get uh, to, to, to do. I'm going to be hosting some impromptu ones. I know Mike Parker has been hosting some impromptu ones. Um, and uh, they've been pretty cool. It's mainly just to kind of bridge the people together that are maybe sitting at their home and not really doing much. Um, so come hang out. And uh, and yeah. Right. Wrap up the show so I don't ramble any, anymore. This has been about six or seven minutes worth of me just talking to myself. So this is pretty weird. Uh, so last but not least... I've been Matt, I've been Neil, and I've been Sam. And this has been the Adeptus Terror podcast. Have a good night, good day, good morning, whatever it is, wherever you are listening to this. Have a safe one. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another successfully recorded episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast. Join the conversation on the Adeptus Terror podcast community safe room on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the Adeptus Terror podcast or email at the Adeptus Terror podcast at gmail.com if you just want to chat to Matt. Thanks again.